Welcome to an extra special episode of Nerd Eye View. This is coming to you early on the 31st because we're about to drop a series of reviews on you uh, for Halloween. Yeah. And these are, what are we doing? Goosebumps and Crimson Peak, right? Yep, those are the two. And Goosebumps with special guests David King and Kayla Berry of Midnight Marinara. Yeah, they both, they, they bring it. Yeah, they're big into the Goosebumps, so yeah, that's that's a that's it, a fun time. If you like Goosebumps, you should definitely stick around because yeah. we get deep. And uh, also Crimson Peak with yeah. Matthew Esposito. Yeah, if you've if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you might remember him. Mm. He was uh, what do you what do you call it? My precursor, mm-hmm. my Jedi. <laughs> Your Jedi? Because I was a Padawan. Okay. And then I graduated. And you should check out his show on the Benji Network, Grissom on the Run. Yeah, definitely. It's um, about the the Atlanta Braves. It's sport. It's a sports ball it's podcast. A sports thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> nah, sports are good. Yeah, I love sports. Uh, what else was I gonna say? Holy crap! Spoilers. There's gonna be some spoilers. Yeah. If you haven't is... seen the film, we're gonna say things that you won't know about. Yeah. Basically, when we do these uh, special episodes, we just get straight into it. Mm. Um, we don't have it broken up into a review and discussion. We just get right into it mm-hmm. and get right up in the, the guts so please or things enjoy mm-hmm. this extra special all halloween special episode special it's spooky hello my name is mr rl stein every story ever told can be broken down into three parts the beginning Hi. Hey, we're just moving in. Good talk. The middle. And the twist. These are all Goosebumps manuscripts. Why are these books locked? Did you unlock a book? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'll put it back where it belongs. Look, here it is. No, don't open it! All the monsters I've ever created are locked inside these books. But when they open... Nobody make a sound. You abominable snowman! Just crawled out of a book! That doesn't just happen! Run! I'm stuck! Go on without me! Save yourself! Okay, good luck! No, I didn't mean it! The only way to stop them is to suck them back into the books. You've read them all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah! If we know their weaknesses, ah! we can capture them all. What are you doing? That's werewolf of fever swamp. He can smell my scent. No, it's not working. I have to hide. What was that? It's the invisible boy. Oh, uh, he's such a cracker. What are we gonna do? Security cat. Gnomes? Maybe they're friendly. Not friendly. Definitely not friendly. Welcome to this special episode of Nerd's Eye View. We've got a bonus episode for everybody, and we're reviewing Goosebumps. I'm Jordan. I'm joined by Andrew and two special guests. Please introduce yourselves. 
Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Hi, I'm David King. And? <laughs> Hello, I'm Kayla Berry. And we are both from Midnight Marinara. So, appropriately enough, we're here to talk about uh, Goosebumps with these guys. Yeah, well, as uh, I mean, as the story goes, David said to me, hey, we're doing Goosebumps. <laughs> and I said, yeah. 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 Cool. Sure. It's been, good. well, it's been, I, I feel like it's, been too long since you guys have had me on your show you know actually I'm just saying i think it was a uh, <laughs> i actually <laughs> asked him i'm like david we should go out on a da- an actual date again <laughs> let's go see a movie okay what do you want to see let's go see goosebumps <laughs> and then we see it and i'm like you know we should make use of this let's do a nerd's eye view <laughs> <laughs> that's good i like that uh, just so everyone knows, we're going to be reviewing the film, but also we will be saying spoilers. We might, time. we might also talk about spoilers. The, we might also talk about the books a little bit, yeah. and there might be spoilers there too. So if you haven't read a series from the '90s and you know aren't or don't want spoilers about the amazing twist endings, you might want to leave now, and you might also want to stay out of the basement. Actually, um, before we got to see Goosebumps. Uh, this is what we do for fun. Uh, David told me about a website called... Uh, Blogger, Blogger Beware. Yeah, Blogger Beware. And um, this person writes the funniest reviews on every single Goosebumps book. Oh. And I think we were just sitting in front of his computer for like a good three hours just reading aloud these reviews and laughing just, the author puts up their own synopses about like what's happening and mm-hmm. then sort of rates each book do you remember who who wrote this um no <laughs> because i think uh it might be someone that i that i know about on that i listened to he's a is he a movie critic um i don't know i i'm i'm under the impression not, the I'm... writer is female but i could be wrong it it, it definitely this is their own blog i know Mm -hmm. that for sure yeah it's called blogger beware and i highly recommend it like i they're not i don't think they're updating anymore because they covered everything and when i say everything i mean everything Mm -hmm. so it's worth it's worth it's worth checking out if you enjoy humorous review humorous synopses of goosebumps books including the um the ever popular platonic boy-girl relationship chart uh, which comes up and explains what disappears halfway through the novel you know what it reminds me of Um, it reminds me of the website badmovies.org I think (laughs) I mean that already sounds like a joke but I love it no 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 basically um, uh, this guy is uh, uh, a dad who is a veteran and basically spends his time reviewing um, all types of B movies and he just has a way with words that makes me smile <laughs> especially when he's describing really bad movies like um there was one he was reviewing candy and just the summary alone it's like god i wish i never watched this film <laughs> <laughs> or there's one i can't remember one movie uh but the summary says um um i'm not sure who i hate more the man this man or his socks <laughs> Well, let's actually talk a little about Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, let's get back to Goosebumps itself. Uh, the film the stars film. Jack Black, Dylan Minnette. I'm going by memory. Let's see if I can do this. Odea Rush. Am I getting this? Mm-hmm. How many more can I do? Let's see. Let's uh, find out. I know Amanda Lund's in there. Yep. Huh? Mm-hmm. Amanda Funbuns Lund yep. from Pistol <laughs> Shrimps Radio. Officer Brooks. 
yeah, I didn't know that was her until the end of the film. Yep, me too. Because I forgot that I heard she was totally in. forgot it. And Jonah from the uh, v- vice president. What the hell is that show called? Veep. Veep. <laughs> What's his name? Uh. He's Jonah on that show. Let's see if I can get another. Timothy Simmons, maybe. That's probably him. Yep. Uh, cameo by R.L. Stein. Yeah, R.L. Stein himself. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a proper. Uh, even with 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 you know Jack Black as R.L. Stein, it wouldn't be a proper Goosebumps thing if R.L. Stein himself mm-hmm. wasn't involved in some way or another. So, um, yeah. Uh, just a quick plot uh, synopsis in case anyone didn't already know. Uh, a, a new kid moves into town, and he, and he turns out he lives next door to R.L. Stein. He opens up a book and then words come to life. Yeah. Okay. Shrug. Yep. Let me explain more in detail. Okay. So basically, this feels like a goosebumps book. Teenager moves to new town and creepy, kind of old, kind of well, not really creepy, just kind of a weird, old, maybe somewhat boring town. Middle of nowhere'sville. What's Madison, I forgot what state? Madison, Delaware. Madison, Delaware. Delaware. That, yeah. That's how boring it is. <laughs> well, I'd be happier if it was Erie, Indiana. Oh. oh. I loved Erie, Indiana. Oh, that was such a good show. That show was yep. so good. Anyway, so. <laughs> That's what the movie remember. Look, when they were driving into the town, the I was like, oh, come on, go to Erie, Indiana. <laughs> Madison. At least, they Dang weren't, it. In- at least they weren't in Maine. I mean, if Arl Stein, based on this book, movie's logic, would not live within, like, within, like, Spitting distance of Maine. Yeah. No. Apparently he hates Stephen King. Actually, in real life, they're friends. Yeah, that makes <laughs> more sense. <laughs> I think that's the joke behind it. It's the tongue-in-cheek. Mm. Um, but you were, yeah, you were saying. Any, so anyway, so kid moves in uh, to Newtown, and he sees a girl living next door, and her dad, played by Jack Black, is very, very, very overprotective. Um, so there's a point where he sees... Jack Black and daughter getting into a fight and then hears a scream, sneaks in next door and sees that there's all these manuscripts to Goosebumps books and then accidentally opens one. And it turns out when you open the book, the monsters from that said book come to life. You forgot to mention his dopey friend. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we're, we're, this is a this is a very, very basic. It's like you had the most basic breakdown. She, Kayla's going the slightly more expanded one. And then I'm gonna do a, a, a more expanded one, and then Jordan's gonna go into minute detail. Jordan's no. gonna read the script. No, I'm just gonna <laughs> say a teenager teams up with the daughter of a young adult horror author, R.L. Stein, after the writer's imaginary demons are set free on the town of Madison, Delaware. Thanks, IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> young. That's, wait, that's wait, 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 wait. That is wrong. Young adult. Young author. It was funny. Here's <laughs> a, here's the funny part. When I heard my mind went to those books are for everyone. When I heard the phrase "young adult whore author," I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to parse from that. That can be taken a bunch wait, of different I, ways. I was thinking, for some reason, I heard W H O R E. Well, I mean, he did write those Fear Street books beforehand. There were a lot of babysitters in there, and okay, that. <laughs> Whoa, David. Whoa. Please. Sorry. Especially since they're apparently considering making a Fear Street movie. I don't know if that's true. If they do, I hope they get Kyle Gass to be in it as yes. R.L. Stein. I was hoping for a Guile Cass. Or Ka- Guile Cass. <laughs> Guile Cass. Yeah, Guile wow. yeah, from Guile Street Fighter. Yeah. Wow. Kyle yeah. Gass cameo in this movie. I was hoping huh. for that. 
Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. So, but um, I would like both halves of Tenacious D to be in a movie again. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it be? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Arl Stein. Now, I thought it was kind of funny because at first I don't know who calls him this, but someone says, "Oh yeah, Mr. Shivers lives next door," and I thought, "Oh, that's like a funny nickname because he's creepy." Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. later on, they're like, "Yeah, they're like, yeah, his name is Mr. Shivers." I'm like, "What? Wait, what?" Isn't it? Wasn't there like in a Goosebumps book there was actually a guy named Mr. Shivers? Well, well there was there was there was um in in piano lessons can be murder. The piano teacher was named Doctor Shriek. S R S H R E E K. Yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah, the thing about this. So it, here, here's the thing. This move, like it's like you said earlier, this movie feels like a Goosebumps book, and it's aware of it. I think most of the time, and maybe just, too aware. I'll, maybe a little bit too aware. I, I almost thought like, oh, is this going to take place in the '90s? But there's cell phones in here, and it's no, it's definitely a. Uh, it definitely takes place in present time, but it does feel like a '90s it, movie. It, it feels so much like a '90s movie. Like I think, I think it's because it's modeled after the TV show. No, it is 100. percent That's they, what it feels like. My it, was anyone else disappointed that they didn't use at any point the the theme song from the TV show anywhere in Goosebumps? Didn't they like kind of in the beginning, but then they stopped? Yeah, no. well, a little bit. Like little they played like the three note thing that you understand. You're like ah, and then you're done. 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 Yeah. I was I was really hoping we would just hear straight up a, a remixed version of the Goosebumps theme. Yeah, that <laughs> we Goosebumps didn't, theme is fantastic. If you wanted yeah. the really '90s, they would have made a rap out of it to go all Tales from the Crypt style. Oh my gosh! Uh, but anyway, so I the I'm slappy not rapping. I'm not the foremost Goosebumps expert. I read I read them when I was younger. Uh, not all of them even, uh, but I read you know the classics. I read the the one with Slappy. Or mm-hmm. the one with the the one that always sticks with me is the the mask one. Oh, yeah. oh, the haunted mask. Yeah, yeah. that one to this day I'm still thinking about. That's a good one. Oh, it's that's still a, up in my brain. No, it's a really around. good one. It's pretty oh. creepy. It's like probably the best Goosebumps book that's actually set on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and, and that's and that's comparing it to a book like Attack of the Jack O' Lanterns, which is really really super overtly about Halloween mm-hmm. and is kind of suffers for it. <laughs> I um actually I have a interesting childhood in terms of goosebumps. Um my uh my mom n- never liked horror. It's funny cuz I was allowed to watch whatever movie I wanted to, but she she was really against horror in general because it scared her. Even like jaws scared her. And so when she saw the mask goosebumps episode, she was like, "Nope, nope, we're not watching it. Nope, no, nope, you shouldn't be reading this. Nope." I'm like, aw. So, actually, um, uh, I'm not going to lie. The Goosebumps pictures is what helped me start writing more because I would just look at the pictures like, well, I can't read it, but maybe I could have an idea of what's going on. So I would write my own little short stories based off what was in the picture. And it wasn't until, like, I was a teenager that I said, you know, all these books are really cheap for, like, 10 cents a piece. I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to just buy a bunch and read them all. And I did, so I have a more vivid memory of them. Um, and then I also watched the TV episodes, which are just... It, it's just... <laughs> Say cheese and die? Oh, good. Well, funny enough, that has a, a very young... Um, oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Really? Ryan no, Reynolds? not Ryan no. Reynolds. Ryan Gosling. No, Ryan Gosling. A young Ryan Gosling, which is interesting to see. It's like, oh my gosh. That's pretty much... There's that. I think that's... 
I'm not the TV ca- episode that I remember the most as well. Funny yeah. enough, I didn't watch a lot of those episodes because I'm not, or a lot of the Goosebumps episodes because I'm not going to lie, if it was between that and Are You Afraid of the Dark, Are You Afraid of the Dark mm-hmm. has it hands down mm-hmm. in terms of like, I mean, I was already watching Twilight Zone before then. Twilight Zone kicks both their asses, but if I was going to watch a kid's if the Twilight Zone, I'm going to say, is not always scary. Sometimes it's just like, oh, you didn't think of this, did you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that you know that's that's its own kind of fun. Are you afraid of the dark? Wasn't always scary though either. Though. No, no. Not Sometimes always. that was like that was like some of those were just like deals with the devil, where it was like yeah. a kid was like, yeah, I want that, and then it's like, oh, you didn't want this though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, okay. actually, that's kind of spot on. <laughs> I, yeah. I, although it's funny because um, uh, the sixth sense I learned was based off of an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. And I'm like, really? So I watched it, and it's called The Dream Girl. And basically the premise is this guy keeps um, getting letters from his dream girl and then sees her at night. And I'm like, how the fuck does this inspire inspire the sixth sense? And then it turns out he's a ghost the whole fucking time. And I'm like, oh. So it didn't. he didn't come up with his own twist. He took it from a kid's horror show. From Canada. From Canada. Thank you. But back to Goosebumps. Yeah, back yeah, to Goosebumps. But goosebumps. Um. <laughs> so I don't know if if we should start with. Uh, I think there's a couple of columns in my brain. There's yeah, I don't know how to break it down. Bro- problems. <laughs> there's a column labeled Goosebumps references, and then I don't even know what this third column is. But it's like things that were good or maybe could have been good. Well, should we start? No. Let's start with. Well, let's start bad, and then okay. work our way to good because okay. I think that's a good way to approach it because problems. Yes. <laughs> oh, check. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, let's move on to Goosebumps references. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. Um, I just thought the romance was just so cheesy. Okay. Okay. I actually had a problem with that, by the way. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, everyone I, did. But no, 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 just, no, no. There's. <laughs> please go on. So, okay, for those uh, in the story, um, Hannah is the daughter of R.L. Stein, which I found was weird because I. Uh, before I saw this movie, I read the biography of R.L. Stein a while ago, like uh, probably when I was a teenager again. Um, and I was like, he never had a daughter. He had a son. Mm. Just one son. And then it turned- this is this is a fictional, weirdly yeah. accented R.L. Stein. Yeah. What the, yeah. yeah. What yeah. the hell was a- that accent? I am tucking. I don't know. I've not. That's not I even a good version. I haven't quite figured out what that accent is. He just kind of cuts off words sometimes. Especially when. Auto Stein is from Ohio. <laughs> Originally, it's, what the fuck? It's R.L. Stein translated through Jack Black. <laughs> I mean, that's not that confusing can, to me. Can we can we mark? I want to just say though, real quick, let's not mark that under bad things. That was great things. That's going <laughs> in my great column, personally. You know, yeah, I, Jack I, Black was all right. I like I like Jack Black that I didn't. I, the accent confused me to high. I, I liked the accent because it just made it more ridiculous. Because <laughs> he was a character. Yes, yeah. but um, no. The, but, but basically, it turns out Hannah is a character from one of his books, and I'm like, oh yeah, she is, because there actually is a character named Hannah in uh, um, the Ghost Next Door, and she's a ghost. Well, okay, I thought it was especially heavy-handed because as soon as we met Hannah and she had no mother, I was like, oh yeah, she's a she's a creation. But then when they find the manuscripts, the first one that the nerd pulls out of the bookshelf is oh, the Ghost Next Door. 
and I was like, oh, boom. Like, that uh, I felt like. I actually missed that part. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite. But I no, missed you're it right. too. I paid attention to all the titles that they said because that was like a fun game for me. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, well, that's the, that's and we're gonna have fun with that when we get to Goosebumps references. Goosebumps references. Because yeah. that was honestly that early, as we were talking about the movie afterward, that was one of my favorite things was was going back and realizing, oh yeah, Hannah was actually a Goosebumps character, yeah. which was kind of cool. So uh, go on. Yeah, but basically, so it's like, oh, they're cute. They're having the typical '90s romance, even though there's not, it's, even though it's 2015. <laughs> It's just a lot of it. I mean, uh, uh, I don't. I don't mean to speak for you, but a lot of it's hard to buy because they just met. Yeah, I know. Like, so much of the movie, I think, is hard to buy because he's new in town and he's instantly got this nerd best friend, and he, the girl next door. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. So I. But here's the thing. One thing that slowly buys his dad just passed away. About what was it like six months ago? I think it was said a year. A year ago. Wait, wait. wait. I, I want to put a separate column, and I'm going to tick this off every time they come up. '90s family movie cliches. Well, yeah, single parent. Single. Single parent. There's a dual dad single died recently. Parent. Du- yep, dad died recently. Oh yeah, dual single parent. Even better. Yeah. Dad died recently, or uh, and recent recent death. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually there's a, a a moment with somber music where angry teenager or sad teenager is looking at something reminiscent of the dead parent mm-hmm. check 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 off all of so we're, we're checking all those off even though he's cliches, looking at a dv so. camera even though i think tech the way that he is old like they could have it would have been filmed on a cell phone right am i crazy it's yeah is no that, you're not crazy am i check is this is the timeline Cam- check out jordan the camcorder You've been oddly silent that camcorder yeah. definitely could have been used he looks younger. He I don't looks I feel like, like t- five years I feel younger. Like Twenty now. years from now, they're still going to be using DV cameras for like, you know, fifteen-year-olds looking back when they're five, and I'm going to be like, we can stop. Like this shorthand <laughs> is dumb. Well, people are you, recording everything on their cell phones. If it looked like five years ago, no one was using a cell phone to record anything. Not in 2010. I don't I think. think enough people. Not good enough quality. We have dumb people using iPads to record things. You think someone's going to use a cell phone? I don't know. People are still using iPads. We got a little bit of time before I they use a smaller to, I device. I want us to jump to that future point where we stop looking at DV cameras as a They shorthand. still like sell. So I was using a DV sell, camera in 2010. They still use so camcorders for everything. I record basketball games and football games with camcorders. I'm not using a cell phone. Oh, anyway, uh, I just so, I think I'm just Jordan, tired of it Jordan, as a shorthand. Yeah, I feel like, like Jordan is going to be like a volcano this episode. Like we'll be talking and he'll just sit he's there. And then every so often he's going to explode outward and. Yeah, I'm waiting for my moment. <laughs> so yeah, when, you do this, it, it, when you do this, sometimes it worries me. Actually, yeah, yeah, I'm getting kind of, sp- I'm getting kind of spooked here, guys. <laughs> you mean dun 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 dun? <laughs> All right. We don't have to pay goosebumps too. Much. Any, anyway, so, um, but. So, okay, basically at the end of the film, all the monsters or creations go back into the books, but this includes Hannah. Now. I think this was kind of nice because it's like he's having trouble letting his dad go and then the first friend that he makes, he has to let her go too. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is nice. He has to let her go and she's telling you, she's telling you, you have to let me go and then it's in, it's kind of a sad moment. It would have been nice. No, but they ruin it. They fuck it up by bringing her back. Fuck you. R.L. Stein fuck writes you, a movie. R.L. Stein writes another magical manuscript. Now, what, what what I'm going to say to you, which is in St. Jordan, I think, did you, I don't, okay, I don't even know where to go with the sentence, but before I saw Goosebumps, there was, there was a headline that I saw right after it came out where they're like, 
how goosebumps and pixels are the same. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, that's a crazy sentence. That's and little... then I saw goosebumps, and at the end, that happened, and I was like, oh, Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's how it's the same. Yeah, we talked about because there's it's in pixels. Yeah, did anybody pixels, see pixels? I didn't no see one we, saw pixels we, because we it's didn't. Dumb. No, we didn't either. But we know about this conceit. Oh, I well. unfortunately had to see that film. No, that's you another. You didn't have to. Well, I've, someone you didn't asked me, have and to. I went, and it was all right. Unfortunately, the movie I, is terrible. I didn't even have to see pic- pixels. Uh, I didn't have to even have to know about this part to see that that coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. Would it have been more elegant if? Um, she had just stayed gone, and he would have, and the you know Zach, our main character. I'm surprised I remember his name. Would have learned a <laughs> reference. Or would have learned something from this, and like maybe it would have been a, a cathartic moment. Yeah, for him. No, but, but no, what Michaela like just that. described. I'm, I'm like, oh, that moved me a little. Like yeah. the movie didn't. The movie no, did yeah. not move no. me at not. all. So I that's just a, like, and, oh, and I, I want to put that. Gone. I want to put that on our big list of '90s movie cliches because we've seen this before in these sort of magical family movies where it looks like a character's gone, and then suddenly at the end, surprise, they're back. It's well, wonderful. More specifically, in the the way that it references pixels or that pixels that they're doing the same thing is that there's a character in Pixels who was in love with a fictional character who it was a video game character, oh, and then because of the way that pixels work, I heard of this. one of the aliens looks like her and he manages to woo her i don't understand none of that makes any sense no. but then she has to leave because you know the aliens leave but they won cubert and then cubert turns into her what so yeah. he gets Parse a that trophy sentence. figure out that woman fucking sentence right uh, there and then they have babies and they're cubert babies so let's just all Ew. move on with our lives yeah, but okay. also yeah this film and pixels have more in common than anyone would Back like to goosebumps yeah so basically where people are basically creating creatures for for as like love objects or sex objects and in in this in the form of goosebumps it's actually like extremely creepy that rl stein like wrote back his daughter just for this boy you can't have. Isn't that creepy? Is it? It's Am I weird. Does, does, no, no, no. She had a line. No. She had a line where she said, "You know, I can't have that many sweet, sweet sixteens." And I'm like, "Oh no." She doesn't age. Oh. She doesn't age. She does yeah. Age. So she wasn't even like. It's not even like she didn't know she wasn't real. No, she knew the whole time. That yeah. was the thing. That was the well. Thing. She figured it out because she kept having the same birthday. But I mean, according to the logic of this film, which is thin, uh, <laughs> he can write her to age. And grow up. I guess he can change it. If Maybe. he can bring her back, oh, he can do. Okay, I'm sorry, he can do whatever. whatever because this movie, as you said, the logic is thin. Yeah, thin. <laughs> pretty much they can do whatever they want. Can, yeah. uh, can I mention something that also feels like a '90s movie cliche that, but it's also done poorly, even by '90 movies cliche standards. Okay, so we have the bit with um, Champ, or Champ, right? <laughs> Champ's the nerd friend. Yes, Champ's yeah. the nerd I've just friend. Been calling him nerd friend because with Champ. the ironic name. Okay, but let's check that one off too. The, the viewers, the weird at, listeners at home, check. Nerd friend with weird name uh-huh. has more self. He has he has pretty good self esteem, all things considered. But know. is a total. Yeah, but oh. the, the nerd okay, wait, wait. friend always does like things. Yeah, exactly. I am so much better. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that that's a he's obli- It's that whole oblivious nerd friend who thinks he's cooler than he actually is. That's a '90s movie cliche too. Sure, I mean, but what, but. but I do want to say Champ's a great name for a character. Yes. And it yes. really makes me sad it was wasted in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that his real, he his name is Champion. Have, like, you, have you ever seen? I like that too. Have you ever seen the movie The Champ? 
No, no. Is that a that's a movie? What that's is this? That's a movie. No, it's a movie. It's a let's just say it just has this it's known for having the saddest ending oh, ever. No. So don't see it. <laughs> it's no not chance. worth it. No. So what I was gonna get at though was so early in the movie, and this is completely forgettable. He says one line to a girl who happens to pass him by, like, oh, oh. hey, so-and-so. Yep. And it's either, they're at a gym assembly to, uh-huh. welcome, um, to welcome Zach's mom, who is the new vice president. Actually, the gym assembly was just to announce the, the dance, right? Was that yeah. Was that? And I it thought was it was just added in there. Oh, I, no, no, because it was also to introduce them to the new vice principal, which is it? his mom. Yeah, no, that was, that was, that was why they did the it. it's also the first day of school, too. It's the first day of school. Here's the vice principal... Also here's, a dance. Here's, here's yeah. this. Here's she, this. Here's she, he re- Ch- Champ references the fact that it's taken her that long to just know his name, which is the wrong version of it. Right. But also, if that's the first day of school, what? I mean, well, the, the, hypothetically, this, been, well, there's it's established 16, that they've, so they've been to high school right. together. For, it's, yeah. It's established that there's some history there, but not really, because the only thing that happens is she's, he's like, oh, hey, so-and-so, and she's like, hey, chump, and then it just keeps going, and we never see her again until- you see her in the background of dancing scenes. Yeah, and but she seems irrelevant. No and, lines. Yeah, she seems irrelevant, and you kind of just forget that that was a thing at all. And then there's a part where she gets cornered by the werewolf of Fever Swamp, mm-hmm. and- and I kind of forgot who she, I had forgotten who she was. So when the boyfriend runs off and then suddenly Champ shows up, I'm like, oh, I could see this coming a mile away. He saves her and he's, he saves her and she's going to, and she's going to give him a kiss. That happens. Check. But then I go like, even like cliche nineties movies do this whole part a lot better. Cause at least there's some like more tension or something, some intrinsic girl. connection established. I had forgotten who this character was. Yeah, same here. I forgot. There's who nothing who about was. this character. She's just literally there to be her. Can we also talk a little bit about the werewolf for a moment? I thought, look, the some of the monsters that they chose to use, I thought were incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. And the werewolf being kind of one of them, except for one, and I. Will, oh, of course, yeah. I'll explain. Uh, there's we'll several that are well, interesting, but can we, let's, most let's are not. Let's save that for goosebumps. Okay, references. but let me just say in that scene, I really wanted after he bit the werewolf for the werewolf to turn into a boy. Like that would <gasps> I have, wanted that too. too. I, exactly. But that only happens when they die. They revert back to their. Well, no, I wanted it to be like you get bit by a human and you turn into a human. Like yeah. that kind of dumb logic was perfect for this. You film. know that yeah. dumb, actually that dumb logic. Did exist in. Um, yeah, I saw this as a kid, and God, I, God, I can't believe it. Al, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks meet the Werewolf Man, or whatever. Oh, I fucking kid you not. A werewolf bites Theodore. The- Theodore turns into a werewolf. He bites the person who bit him, and they both turn back into human and whatever. The, the, the fact oh. that you can say I saw an Alvin and Chipmunks movie when you were a kid makes me feel super old. Because those didn't exist when I was a kid. Um, yeah, they did. They another did. movie. They, they, were in really. the mo- they were in the 80s. They've been around since like way before that. Ugh. Yeah. Not that, not that I care well, I th- know every, did, like Every did, 20 years well, they redo again, them. I don't know, I don't know now what, they're all CGI and gross. Then again, oh, I don't God. Know when don't this, remind me that they're making a... By the way, when I one. say kid, I don't even know when this movie came out. I know it was one of the newer ones. Like in the... I, uh, fuck, I, I don't even know. It doesn't matter that much right Alvin I just I know what you're going for anyway and I, I thought the same I yeah Andrew I thought the same thing and I thought that would have been great extra points had it turned out the girl looks like she's like oh thanks but then turns and sees the werewolf and he's like a Taylor lot not well, Lautner it was looking. 2000 2000 I was a senior I was a freshman in high school um 
I, I was... 2000. I was, I was 10. I was yeah. 11. Uh, God, you're so <laughs> young. Uh, so, uh, babies here. Another, another movie that did that better that we watched recently was Paper Towns. There's a side character female yeah, in that, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a side character friend, mm-hmm. exact ancillaries to what we see in this movie, and it, it was much more meaningful. Yeah. Amazing. It built a relationship between those two yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. It was really nicely done there. Mm-hmm. In fact, I feel like all the relationships were better in that movie than what we yeah, see here. Even though that movie was worse. I think the most relationships worse? in any uh, movie are better. Oh, but worse. <laughs> ah, we're stacking uh. you know, dominoes that are all going to fall over anyway. Right. Uh, all I want to say though is just like it just would have been funny, but it didn't, and it just fell flat. A bunch of stuff with Champ fell flat. Can we talk about? Oh no, it's my dad! It's my dad! Oh wait, false alarm. It's kind of funny. It's not my dad. <laughs> I kind of I think I liked about seventy percent of what Champ was doing. Well, Champ was Champ was fun. I kind of I also kind of liked every time that he tried to like like him and and Arl Stein for some reason were like off to the side and he was like yeah I understand and Arstein was like shut up like, you, you get out of here kid well that's that's the stuff I I liked yeah see honestly Champ, Champ and R.L. Stein should have just been a buddy comedy <laughs> boy that would have been a real ooh that would have been a real quick one though because he would have said I'm stuck okay bye <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true um, fuck you man Oh, that's a look. I have a lot of. Oh my god. I, well, are we still going through problems? Because I have a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, no, more. no. Well, let's. I want to keep going through problems because then we we get all that out of our system I, and then we talk about what we actually. I have. A, I have a big actual like story problem, which is it. which is just structure based, and I maybe it's just me, but I care about these weird structure things. Go for it. Okay, so they accidentally let out the abominable snowman of Pasadena. Yeah. And uh, then the the girl she knows how to handle it, so she goes after it, chasing after it. And then the boys are like, oh, I guess we'll go too. And so then they go too. And they don't know how to help her. And she's not explaining. So it's like, this is dumb. Just say, I got to open the book. And then I don't know where she says I have to open the book because it seems like they struggle. And then all of a sudden the boys understand, oh, she has to open the book. And then I thought, okay, this is good because, um, so like Hero's Journey or whatever the, whatever the hell you want to call it, you have like an initial problem that's easy to overcome so that we can see that the hero can do it. And that would make the girl the hero. And I was mm-hmm. like, yes, great. She's got the book. She's going to open it. She's going to get the Abominable Snowman. We're going to move on. Then they're going to see that all the other books are open and they're going to have to deal with that. No, they fail. They fail. They fail. They fail. And then who saves them? Arl Stein. So, and then it's just dumb. I'm just like, so this. you also missed a, a, a pretty huge leap in logic. Why does another book open up when they chase after the snowman? Oh yeah, no, that's why. Uh, yeah, all the books fall off the I mean, shelf. And then no, 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 no. They make Slappy's book open. No, no, they make it very clear they that the books the do not open, open without yeah. the key. Mm-hmm. The key is not. The key is not there. Yeah, somehow the key Slappy is not opens it, it from the inside. So then, why hasn't he done that at any point ever? I know. I and, don't. I, and why does why does the snowman go to the ice rink? Can he somehow detect cold? And, uh, then he, and then he from miles away. Candy machine. Yeah, and he's eating out of a. I mean, he could have. No, there's the it, the whole conceit of all of the monsters got out is completely false because well, they should have well, opened Slappy's book. And yes, that if Slappy been. came out first, Slappy's book first, Slappy's and, book been first, and yeah. he opened up the snowman and then on they them had to deal with that. Yeah, yeah, that would make much more sense. I love. I'm going to tell you right now. I love Slappy as the villain. Oh, Slappy's yes. fantastic. Okay, uh, okay. okay we're going to just been the focus of this film. Yeah, should have so, just all Slappy so, all the time. So um, even though he doesn't make a lot of sense, no, no, most let, of the time. Please let me explain. No, please go. Okay, so. She's when been I, just sitting there like, oh, God, let me talk about Slappy. No, you have no idea. So, okay. Um, when I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, wow, this animation really fucking sucks. <laughs> 
But Slappy looks good. And then I realized Slappy's a real puppet. Like, they actually, they, there, there's no animation to this. This is a, like, they're actually getting puppeteers to make this fucking thing. Yeah, it's obvious because he doesn't walk around and stuff like that. Well, no, I know, but. No, no, we, no I'm just saying, you. It's that's why it looks so great, is because they're not using CG. No, exactly. So, when I saw Slappy, I'm like, oh my god, this is probably the most perfect fucking thing in this whole movie. He's, I love the fact he's voiced by Jack Black. Yeah. Which, God, you could do so much with that alone. Two, he he's actually a frightening villain, and he is pretty creepy. How he like teleports around. And yeah. Stuff. Well, that to me doesn't make a lot of sense. But I like the frightening aspect is that he uh, uh, there's there's a hint, and it's just the barest of hints, but it's just enough for me to be like, hey, that's cool. Where perhaps at some point in the past, Jack Black and Slappy, Arl Stein and Slappy, did bad shit together. Yeah, yeah I think so. They did. Like, Slappy's like, hey, we're going to do some, some bad shit again. And I'm like, oh, oh, whoa. Oh, I actually really like that Stein. because it gives like- it gives the impression that R.L. Stein has gone through a bit of a character arc. Yeah. Really, R.L. Stein. The faintest of hints. <laughs> the faintest of hints, sure. Because you get the impression he talks about it. He hated people. He mm-hmm. hated people for a long time because he apparently had really bad allergies that kept him inside. And kids made fun of him because he had really bad allergies that kept him inside. Mm-hmm. Sure. So he then he wrote shit on his haunted typewriter which is also a goosebumps thing the, ty- the typewriter is a goosebumps it's thing? actually from yeah. a goosebumps oh, thing okay. the haunted typewriter i had a problem with that just because it just was super convenient well okay here's here's another problem since we're still talking about problems why okay so we how long has how had, was it established how long yeah, rl stein and hannah Madison, have lived yeah. in, in that town because why is his typewriter yeah. in the school why is this typewriter why is there in like the an school? ode to rl stein and that because the, the idea was like rl stein went to this school but then i'm like wait then, yeah, but he keeps he saying did? he fucking moved everywhere why the hell why would he, why move, would he back? move back exactly i didn't get that that, that then, was something i was but, i'd been thinking about if you're gonna base it off rl stein again i mean i i get like making him this character whatever it's a why delaware why not fucking ohio it's just as like whatever state as delaware He's actually from Ohio. Maybe Arl Stein was like, not nah, too close, too close to home. <laughs> it's like looking in a mirror. So, but then why add the typewriter? It just happens to be in the school. You couldn't hide it anywhere else? I well, don't. I just thought now, wouldn't it have been cool if it was like hidden in a mausoleum or some shit? Like, oh, yeah. Oh. But anyway. I, but, actually, but no, we had to go back to the school although, because everyone's at the school and no one is allowed to die. Although it was kind of funny. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Was like, oh, I need a quiet place to type. And then he goes and he's like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. And it's The Shining. I actually laughed my ass off. That's funny. During that but scene. I think it's I think it's like too overplayed. Like they literally have a big banner that says The Shining. No, but I think. What, no, no. Here's the thing that made me laugh because I forgot about his hatred toward The Shining. I, th- I laughed because it's like, oh, great. He's going to be in the scene where he goes fucking nuts. Yeah, but they don't even do that. No, it's, uh, but it's like the it, but it's like, like they, they get halfway there. Yeah, because no. I know the the laugh is supposed to be for oh well he's got to be now writing the thing that he's totally hates Stephen King. I laugh because oh my god he's gonna be typing in the place where um the, about in a ty- in a place where a writer goes fucking insane and kills everybody. <laughs> wow, what a way to go! And again, this could have played with the idea that he may have done bad shit. There's a story there coming like that could be coming out but i um i still like i still like slappy though slappy's, <laughs> oh, slappy's awesome great. slappy's the best i told part. you slappy's <laughs> the most perfect thing in that movie i mean perfect creep factor great villain i 
I totally, be- I totally believe that he's just. He you, looks like he's having so much fun. It actually sounds like Jack Black is having fun voicing this guy. You kind of sympathize with Slappy a little bit. No, I do. No. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be stuck in a book. Sorry, no. I'm just saying. No. Hey, maybe it's just because I, I don't want to be stuck in a book. Well, I mean, as much as I don't <laughs> sympathize with with Slappy, I also like. I feel like Arl Stein like really fucked up with those books. Oh, well, like, he did. <laughs> it's like. Oh, you made like murder books. Like, yeah, you should probably not just keep them on a shelf. <laughs> I don't know. Could he yeah. have not burned them with the words inside? Is that not a witness? Why thing? not? Well, it's funny thing is, uh, why didn't why didn't he burn these books? Because apparently, oh wait, wait, wait. wait well, wait, when you open them and made... you burn them, they can't go back inside. Oh. But if they're closed and they're burned, wouldn't that we kill never them? did? Maybe? We never did find out. We never really understand yeah. what kills them besides yeah. writing a new you guys book. Are That's true. The logic. I know. Uh, please. The, <laughs> it escapes everything. Uh, yeah. I also, I want to say one one more note about Slappy. I love that he 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 rides around in the ghost car. The haunted car. That actually, yeah. that actually is from uh, Goosebumps. Of course it is. But I love that that's like Slappy. Yes. Slappy knows. Slappy's like, hold on, where's that book? Got it. Got a car now. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he can't drive. Like, he can't reach the pedals. I need no. a car that drives itself. And it's I, need a ghost to, I need to yeah. co- I need to cause mayhem everywhere. So let's kill fucking R.L. Stein. And he actually has a good motive. It's like he put us in those books. Let's fucking murder his ass. And, and plus, <laughs> except there is they a don't. Fallen. Okay, here, here's the thing. No one dies. No one dies. That's no one dies. It's a PG-13 bloodless it's film. No, it's PG. Oh, good so lord. So when you said, "Oh, fucking kidding me," I was like, "No, there's no way." They're fro- People the get movie. frozen by the aliens, and I'm not sure what the aliens are from. Are they from I... calling all creeps? No, it's not calling all. Because the calling all creeps, they yeah, were lizard people. They were lizard people. No, no, and they didn't freeze people. I don't. I don't know. When the alien showed up. I said, "I think I literally said out loud, what the hell.'" <laughs> <laughs> okay, like but here's here's the thing. And then there's the one kid who gets dragged out a window by the giant praying mantis from a shocker on shock street mm-hmm. and we see that kid at the end in a cast still yeah. alive and i'm yeah. just like oh they have to do that to let you know that he made it but if if this was a movie like gremlins oh and i think it wanted to be for like yeah. 10 seconds because people died when the, when the gnomes gremlins. were attacking and the gremlins kid... was a much darker film well all right, right. I'll but I'll not for kids gonna, i'm not gonna lie. no this but is kids, a kids but, this is a kids film but, but jordan kids watched gremlins back of in course the day. they did i watched gremlins yeah but it wasn't made for children <laughs> look kids watch everything like where where this is a pg things, film things for that, young adult people but things just like that, the tv show was and but, you got to remember this came out in the 80s sweetie like, right but oh yeah before people were like oversensitive before ro- like this is the did, time of robocop well, this was like when right. they were still trying to figure out what what is even ratings. Like, I mean, I mean, <laughs> right? I'm just saying. Have you not seen Brave Little Toaster? For fuck's sake! It's it, this is not meant to be a kids' film. I mean, I'm a just lot saying of the movie. The movie could have at least let us have that that one kid who got eaten by the giant praying mantis, no. and just not say anything, sorry, and just not mention it again. No, the, I'm the sorry. Censor, the not the censorship. 90s board, movie the, uh, cliche. The, what do you call it? The ratings board probably demanded. Although, I, I'm are you guys go- keeping score? Let's check that one off too. <laughs> <laughs> Click. I'm not gonna lie. I did actually did get a bit frightened, but then again, I, the, clowns kind of scare me. So, well, like when the yeah, clown the suddenly clown. popped up. When the clown suddenly pop up, like, oh! Another another problem I have with this movie: underuse of the scary clown. <laughs> well, underuse uh. of wh- who's the who's the pumpkin head guy? I liked him a lot. Actually, there was he an was underuse of like a lot seconds. of monsters. They kept re- they kept reusing <coughs> certain monsters. Well, they brought we really back did. the abominable snowman, and I was like, God, we damn already it, had we defeated <laughs> him. 
We already we had our moment with we the don't abominable need snowman. his ass. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it, it's repetitive. There, there's some missed potential. I wanted to see the disembodied floating hands from Piano Lessons Can Be Murder, mm. and the ghost kids that were behind them. Actually, the one thing I kind of or the ghost from Ghost Beach or the headless ghost. You know, the one thing I kind of wanted to see was. Um, have you ever, David? Did you ever read Camp Jelly Jam? No, I didn't read Camp Jelly Jam. So, sorry. The <laughs> I hit the mic. <laughs> Keep going. The expression was—you can't see it. This expression so, was priceless. So, um, <laughs> he, here's the premise: uh, these kids, these two kids, go to a uh, camp called Camp Jelly Jam, and they realize, like, huh, everyone's being weird, and they're really obsessing over strength. I wonder what's going on. And actually, the ending is one of those, I did not see that coming. What the fuck ending is this? So apparently, they keep seeing who's the strongest kid because, I fucking kid you not, there's a king jelly jam, this big fucking jelly that's like can speak and everything. And... He can control people's minds. He's controlling the camp counselors' minds. And the camp counselors are trying to get the strongest kids to wash King Jelly Jam. Oh. This is the ending. Again, it's the, where the hell did that come from, R.L. Stein? Oh. Really? So, your point with that in relation to the movie Oh, I is... would have loved to see King Jelly Jam just <laughs> randomly fucking up here in this movie. Um... I do okay, so we're still in problems. We uh, can keep going. There's a there's a We really can keep going. <laughs> there's another okay, so this is this is not so much a problem as like a thing where I was like, hey, I kinda remember this from something else, but I don't know what it's from, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, there was another it was either a film or no no no. I'm almost certain now it was a uh, uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark episode where um, it was like they were telling a, a scary bedtime story or something and then they realized that it was making it real. And then the kid was like, oh, I'll just make it all, all better. I'll just say, and we live, the end. And then the, whoever he was with was like, no, 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 that doesn't work. You actually have to tell a real story. And that's, that kind of made me mad at this movie because like, he was like, yeah, I'll just write a good happy ending. And it just felt like, how did this, because at some point, R.L. Stein, he's writing and he can't write anymore because his fingers are broken because Slappy's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> then this the kid amazing teleporting who never dummy. talked about wanting to write before, never said anything about being a good reader, like suddenly can write an ending to an R.L. Stein novel. Bullshit. That, well, I was just you, like, have you read didn't there have to be, book? Didn't there have to be a twist? Like, exactly. Didn't you I have mean, to read yeah. like a Goosebumps book. It didn't. And the way what they what we heard the characters read out loud from the page, either you know dictating to him or you know uh, brainstorming, none of it seemed like a legible story. It seemed like they were literally talking about the film that they're in, and that was like, oh, so this is three times meta now, and also extra dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, well, why couldn't we just made a movie based on one of the Goosebumps books? That's my question. I think, well, because I bring my question to the board. I think if you're going to make recognizes David. <laughs> well, I think uh, this dumb I, honestly, well, I well, think that I, the I board think, recognizes me. Hey, no, just the board recognizes Kayla. <laughs> I think the, the premise is actually not a bad one. Um, R.L. Stein's books come to the life. Um, I I think it's a good idea. There's just I think a lot could have been more done with it. it. But obviously, because it's a it's goosebumps. This is going to have to be tongue-in-cheek. This is going to have to be silly. But it could have been good like how the Lego movie was good. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Because people were like, Lego movie, what? But the Lego movie was great. Yeah. yeah. So in this case with the Goosebumps movie, the premise is a good idea. I think like, oh, R.L. Science books can come to life mm-hmm. or the manuscripts. Or maybe they were real. Like something, something yeah, give, giving them a sense of realism yeah. in and a it, weird way. And honestly, if you would have had more of that um, uh, uh, contrast between Slappy and R.L. Stein, that would have been fantastic. If you would have delved more into that, it, it could have been really good. But because they were trying so hard, let's make it feel like a 90s. It, it, it just didn't work. Let's but. put the werewolf a lot. Exactly. More werewolf. <laughs> and also, am I the only one who felt like it was like a good 30 minutes before they even got to like a book? Like to the books? Yeah. Was, yeah, it, that was, felt... Was it that long or was, am I crazy? It No, it was that long. It was a lot of buildup. Yeah. There's a lot of like, oh, I'm all happy. Yeah. I'm a teenager. I got a friend. Oh, do, 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 do. Oh, I, I am... guess I should go do a thing. See, and I'm like, see, finally... Yeah. See, I don't believe that as a new kid who got there, what, a day ago, some guy would be like, you're my new best friend now. I'm like, ah, bullshit. I, I, I don't know. I yeah, still, I, I still... wanted to believe it, but it just didn't, it wasn't good enough. No. It wasn't good. Because I, I didn't believe that he was like the nerdiest, dopiest kid. Like, no. if, if he was, then I could believe better that he would immediately make a friend with a new kid because that's the only person he could be a friend with. Yeah. But he, at least the, you know, uh, a girl noticed him. That's, you know, good. And he seemed to have some clout with, like, uh, various people. He had a business card, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> that was cool. See, see, we, we like, ultimately, we like, it seems like we Although, like Champ. We Although, like Champ. I, I am kind of glad, I mean, despite the fact this is kind of like, really, really, this whole fucking theme park exists in the middle of the woods and it just so happened to grow anyway and it has power like yeah, yeah. no so but actually but. The, here's the thing i told i told david this is like i could believe there was power if she set it all up if she would have said actually i have i do have a way with like um engine or like a electricity or lights mm. or it's like it's a it's a hobby of mine or if it's ghost power it's like there's nothing <laughs> ghost electricity ectoplasm <laughs> The yes, response yeah, in the yeah. room is like, nah. No, nah. if they would have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, well, it turns out. Goosebumps it, rewrite is it, going cause well. Because this could have added one more to her personality. Yeah, yeah. And actually, too, the, I'm not going to lie. I'm glad they had that moment because it is a nice, it shows like, it's not just like, oh, she's some pretty girl. They actually had a bit of a bonding moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's flimsy at best, but I still. I, it's flimsy, I, but I'm, it's, at least it, there was a couple moments it's like, I know what this movie was. This movie is trying to be good, but it didn't work. It's kind of like, oh my god! I just saw her scream, and it looks like her dad just like killed her or sleep or whatever. What's the first thing he calls the police? Oh my god! He actually or goes to their house and says, "Oh, I saw something," and then Arl Stein screams at him, and he's like, and then decides to call the police. I'm like, dude, you just did everything right that a normal person would, but. The fact that they add in the most dumbest policeman in the world yeah. hurts his credibility. Yeah. But it's like, but in terms of like, what, a character, what would you like? What would you do if like, oh my gosh, I saw someone screaming, and you knock at the door and say, "What's going on? Is everything okay?" And then suddenly this guy's saying something crazy. What What would you do? You call the police. This mm-hmm. is exactly something someone would do. Mm-hmm. I totally believe it. Uh, I think up until the police come and then you're like no I just still wanted the girl to be the hero yeah me too yeah because can yeah can we dial back real quick to the theme park in the woods though (laughs) sure 
This is where David is like, this is my dream. I well, would like yeah. A theme park in the woods, please. I would, no, I would love to find an abandoned theme park in the woods but, and make it but, my own. But how? How does it exist? What, what? Does it matter? Why do the well, caves in the Goonies have all these really super elaborate booby traps? See, I understand because. that, but here's the thing. <laughs> because. Look how intact. Pirates? First off, <laughs> look how intact this carnival is. And, but... There just happens to be trees that have grown around it. It happens. How <laughs> are you kidding? They built it 10 years ago and it's been abandoned for 20 years. <laughs> Don't ask. No one asks. Okay, you're right. But it's still a cool image. It is cool, though. And the fact of the matter is let me show you my secret spot. Really cool abandoned place that's also really pretty. <laughs> 90s cliche checklist. Check. Uh-huh. Can we also, I also want to check off real quick. Um, Cat, cat slash bird slash unnecessary jump scares that are just cheap. Check. Come on, scaredy cat. No, I mean like walks Great. around a corner. You know there's going to be a jump scare. No, a mean, bird flies in his face. It's a jump scare. Girl has cutesy nickname for the boy. Check. Oh, yeah. Scaredy cat. Was, or no, scaredy uh, cat. Yeah, scaredy cat. Scaredy cat. <laughs> but like, okay. I'm sorry. Did you? Was there anything else you wanted to say about the uh, that part in particular? No, with I don't the, think so. I think I've said was most there, of that. I was there any say. payoff involving the funhouse at all? Because it was well, slappy. Kinda, well, that slappy. that part was cool. Yeah, when he was just moving around the hall of mirrors, mm-hmm. being like, okay. "I'm spooky, and I can keep, and I'm still teleporting because I can do that." Mm-hmm. But he did kind of just move. It does kind of add credence because the idea that the creepy part about the dummy is not seeing it actually move from place to place. Yeah, mm-hmm. although it seems he didn't like really it's, teleport he's as so much teleporting, as teleporting. Please, he's moving so fast that a lightning strike happens, and all of a sudden, all the books are gone. Okay, well, that was kind of weird, but he's Slappy's, a voodoo dummy. Let's not forget, well, not voodoo. He keeps calling him my demons, so it's like Slappy's definitely a demon. Slappy's got some powers, but he not enough to apparently have not have to recruit all of these other... Well, I think he was just doing that to piss off Arlstein. Yeah, that's Because Arlstein created all these things, and now he's using them against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I did enjoy that he called Arlstein Papa. That Papa! Yeah, I did that like that. pretty great, because that's... that's um, Again. As much as this film was lacking something, it had that duality of the daughter that he loved and the son that he couldn't, like... Have. Yeah. It was crazy. Crazy oh, shit. Oh, it's so fantastic. I'm uh. like, oh, Slappy, you're like, you're like the the hint or the glowing light of what the perfect movie... I think I think we've been mixing all the columns together. Problems... A little bit. Goosebumps references and we've things that could have been good. We've been fairly clean into the... I mean, we yeah, we do toe into the others a little bit. Because we already talked about the best part about the movie, which is slappy. Um, But real quick, Bubby, before... I mean, is there anything else we want to address bad? Because I want to kind of talk a little bit about my other favorite... Like I said, the thing I just checked off on the list, everybody, you keeping score at home, that thing about the the jump scares that aren't actually jump scares. Uh And the few that are trying to be... that you know, It's trying to be a scary movie and failing at that, but also, like, it's doing... Oh God! You could see it coming a mile away. It's oh, so formulaic. It's just. Oh. I don't want us to go on too long about Goosebumps. No, I know. <laughs> let's talk about the thing. Let's talk about the references then. If we're done talking, we've about talked the a lot about references so far. But what what others? What stray ones do we have left? And how many characters were named Zach in the Goosebumps series? <laughs> Probably quite a few. There were a few relatively cl- like. I was wondering if how much of it they actually had to make up for the movie. None of it. 
all of it. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, is from all the monsters, all the references and stuff are all legit from Goosebumps books. Even yeah, the weird ones. After, what was the after David and I saw? We were uh, we we're like, what Goosebumps? Was this actually from a Goosebumps book? And we were looking and like every single one. And we actually thought, wait, if Hannah's a creation, and that's when we had to look it up and be like, oh, it actually is from this book. Wow. Yeah. So we liked that. Um, vampire poodle. Vampire. Floating that, poodle. That's actually oh, is that why it's floating? I understood. Okay, here's the crazy thing. I was like, oh, the poodle can't come inside because it's a vampire. Like, that made sense in my brain, and then it started floating. I was like, okay, now I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's from a choose. It's from a give, your, give Yourself Goosebumps book called Don't Feed the Vampire. Okay. So yeah. but we had to look that up because I was originally thinking, is this a reference to the barking ghost, hmm. which was, you know, hmm. about a ghost dog? Yeah. Not enough ghosts in this movie. No. I'll agree with that. Uh, There were zombies, though. Okay, mm-hmm. that's another problem that I had that's also a Goosebumps <laughs> reference and a thing that could have been good. Okay. So I don't like that the zombies came out of the ground because if it's his creations, they would have just manifested. Exactly. The fact that they're coming out of the ground implies that it is like a true zombie epidemic where they are coming out of the ground. Was there okay, anything that's in a... <laughs> that's all I got. Unless the thing I that was released from a Goosebumps enough. book was not the character, but the thing that caused the dead dude to rise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know mummy? either. The mummy? Mummies sometimes have power over the dead. Yeah. That's possible. I think there's Although the be... mummy was <clears throat> terribly underused. Based on the end credit sequence, and we'll talk about that in good stuff, in my opinion. That actually was a good end credit sequence. God, it's out of my brain. I stayed for it, and it's gone. I'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> it's just gone. I suspect the zombies are from Welcome to Dead House, since that was about a town populated by the undead. Um, Jordan has not popped in. Jordan, have you watched or have you read any Goosebumps books in your life? Okay. (laughs) I'm just watching you. You're over there just like chilling. You guys are covering everything. I don't have anything to add. Sometimes I worry. You you come all the way down here and then you don't don't say a lot. I'm like, oh, did I? I'm going to step aside. I'm going to let Jordan speak. No, I'm good. Jordan is the cuckoo clock of doom. We're just waiting for him to chime. Well, I set up a new dating profile on one of the new dating apps. <laughs> I've, been, I've been keeping busy. You, you, one of your taglines was a Goosebumps title, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, keep on going on problems, then we can talk about good column. I'm, okay. I mean, we're we're we're, we're, we're running much, long because yeah. I don't want to. Let's go. Let's we, go to we good pretty column. much talked about. We yeah. pretty much talked about that. Um, uh, I think the I, I want to get the references real quick. Okay, just real quick. Go. Um, <laughs> it is no one's stopping you. But we're. I, I understand that you want to go. We're through, going on an hour. It is a movie of references. No, yeah. I, exactly. But there were some good ones, and then there were some ones that were underutilized. Like you said, Jack O' Lantern guy. Want to see more of that? Scarecrow walks at midnight. Want to see more of that? They reused a lot of the same monsters over and over again. That bothered me. I the gnome fight was over. Do we really need to see the gnomes again? Did the werewolf and the yet uh, abominable well, snowman have to keep factoring? The in? problem with the monsters that they've created, the logic as little as there is behind this film, is that once you defeat them, they just reassemble. You blow them up, they turn into ink, they reassemble. Yeah. You break the gnomes into pieces, they reassemble. Yeah. You put the the Yeti back in the book and he comes back out again because Slappy grabs the book. Like, There's no definitive defeat of the monsters. The only way to defeat, I'll put that in quotes, is to put them back in the book and they can easily destroy their books. So it's like, Arl Stein, you had a really shitty way of taking care of your problem, which like, if you would have just stopped writing for like five seconds, you could have been like, wait a second. I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> and and why at any point if he had this change of of heart when he's no longer trying to hurt people with his creations, does he stop using the fucking typewriter? 
Like, if you want to keep writing, if you want to keep creating stories, stop using that typewriter yeah, and that just write on something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it looks as if, based on his bookshelf, that he just kept using that same typewriter and kept making all these evil creatures, mm-hmm. when at any point he could have just switched to a different device mm-hmm. and stopped creating bad things that he had to worry about lo- letting loose into the world at any point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Because at some point he had a change in conscience. He wasn't also, a bad person. Within this universe, Goosebumps is a book series that people know about. So somehow these original manuscripts got made into like worldwide popular phenomena. So how would that happen? Because if the book's open, the monster would come out. So yeah. how do you transfer so that he, to something So else? basically, he's such a shithead. He either wrote it on a, on a regular typewriter and, and was like, I love this. Let me write it on my creepy typewriter. Yeah. Oh, wait. Let, because, me, let me trap him. Because if you if you wrote it on an actual piece of paper and then put it into book form, you'd never be able to open it again mm-hmm. for fear of letting it loose. Mm-hmm. So how did it get transferred into actual books? Didn't... Uh he said, like, he wrote these stories as a kid. Like, all these manuscripts are from when he was a kid. Not all but of that them, means, But that means at some point, the book would have to be open, the monster was have, would have to be out into the world in order for them to be transcribed. Because the champ read all of them. He knows all of the books. Mm-hmm. So that means at some point, monsters were out. Maybe? So why doesn't this universe, if they know about the books, also know that monsters exist? Because if he keeps having to move from place to place because the monsters keep coming out, why isn't there a story or news coverage or something? Because the uh, characters get out of this book for one night and destroy an entire city. Oh my god. Oh my god. Entire buildings fall because of the giant uh, bug, the praying mantis. Yeah. So why is there not stories of R.L. Stein. It would be the reason, the only reason why he takes a fake name is not because of the notoriety. It would be to hide because he's a wanted man because he keeps destroying cities in his way. Yeah, so let's talk about that ending where even though he's the one who caused all these problems, the school's like... Yeah, he's like, not in jail. So that means he would have had to well, donate money him. to fix stuff. In order for that story to make sense at all, he would have had to have rebuilt the entire town. Yeah, I'm he really disappointed. Did. Maybe he wrote the town back into existence. Oh, don't even. <laughs> no, he creates creatures, not changes the fabric of the universe. Yeah. No, I know that's, that. That's I'm what just, I'm just, just saying. Like, that's for the disappointing TV this, show Once Upon a Time. Thank you very much. Continue. I'm just going off of the bullshit logic in this movie anyway. Oh, hey, Lord. it could happen. Yeah. Also, I was a little disappointed. It would have been a box to check if it had happened, David, that at the end of... Um, don't worry about it. It's a ghost. At the end of... Um, at the end of the the thing, when they they come, it goes to black and then it comes back up, and they're rebuilding the school. That they don't say six months later or one year later. Right. Yeah. So that would have been a box to check, for sure. I'm glad they didn't do that, so I'm not checking that box. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. It, oh. <laughs> so what's good? Let's just go to the good column and then call it. Yeah, call yeah call we, we could be on this for ages. Slappy's good. About slappy, slappy's good. Slappy's yeah. good. Ja- we talked about champ. Champ's good. Jack Black. I mean, he's probably the best actor. He's having fun. The thing with Jack Black is he's having a good time, and you can tell. Yeah, he's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Not gonna lie. For for some reason, though, despite all its flaws, and I know it's such a flawed movie, I had so much fun watching. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh Like it's not a good movie. No, it's not. But but it's there's a reason why it's making as much money as it is. There's a reason why families are going to take their kids to go see it. The kids are going to have a good time. The adults are probably going to have a good time. But it forces you to turn your brain off. Yeah. And it succeeds in that. The thing is, I went to this movie expecting like some weird like 
pseudo tribute to the 90s and what I got was a movie that's set in the in the 2000s that feels like a 90s movie and in all the like I said I've been keeping that list it's pretty long a lot of boxes are checked so mm-hmm. you know what I got exactly what I was expecting right. and I I enjoyed it for that reason yeah that being said <laughs> the best part in my opinion was the end credits because we got to do cool fly-throughs through a lot of Goosebumps covers. Mm-hmm. And that was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. I like that, that bit. And we saw some references to things that could have been in there. Again, the cool hooded phantom from Ghost Beach. Mm. The skeleton with a chef hat from Say Cheese and Die. Um, the mask was on there, right? The haunted mask? Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that because yeah. that is such an iconic I'm cover. I'm so mad that that wasn't we, in the film. We could have had an army of floating masks because that happens in the haunted mask and mm-hmm. we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. There's they were There was some missed potential. I saw some weird monsters in that. There was like a mad scientist and like a voodoo looking dude. Yeah, the, the scene at the school with the monsters trying to get in, that didn't feel like uh, like a... A highlight of all the great Goosebumps stuff that no. just felt like a hodgepodge of different monsters. It really yeah. was. With oh yeah, I recognize that, and oh I recognize that, with a bunch of gray mess in between. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. the gray mess was either zombies or mummies or yeah. werewolves or yeah, they had to fill it in somehow or plant thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plant things. Oh oh, I just thought of it as something else. Why didn't the Invisible Boy end up back in the book? Yep. Let's, let's all take a moment to think about Cause that. Because we need a twist. <laughs> but did he literally forget about the Invisible Boy, or no? Because in the in the in the the way he wrote it, it was all creatures, exactly. all monsters, yeah, including Hannah. So if he wrote all monsters, then Hannah and maybe Invisible Boy wouldn't be pulled in because it's just a boy who's mm-hmm. invisible. But it says creatures, so it doesn't make any sense. It makes no yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they kept talking about how the the the, the monsters, the cre- creations, need to be within a certain distance to the books in order to be pulled back in because they had to wait for it. But um, it didn't feel that way in the last part where they had the manuscript. Yeah, because it was no. just like a big tunnel opened up to the sky. They created a vortex. Yeah, it seemed like anything would get sucked in if it was. It, it ripped off Monster Squad. It ripped off a lot of things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But yeah. There's nothing really original about this movie at all, guys. It's just, nope. but it's still fun. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a heck of a ride. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but I give it a solid. Sorry. Rent it. Rent <laughs> it. If you're bored. I mean, if uh, would you even say like as like would hardcore Goosebumps fans enjoy this? I don't know if even hardcore Goosebumps fans would enjoy it because I'm I'm not even because you pick at it. Well, I'm not even a hardcore Goosebumps fan. Yeah. If, if hardcore Goosebumps fan would enjoy it, if there were more references, I think, and more monsters and creatures you know, and creations actually, were utilized. I, I, you know, come to think about it, I think a hardcore Goosebumps fan might enjoy this. They just can't be a like film buff either, because yeah, or care about structure. Yeah, because <laughs> well, because like if or you, writing. Because there's a joke about Detroit in the beginning, and I'm like, really? Well, if you- the easiest dog to kick. Well, there was that whole series of jokes at the beginning was like, who wrote this? Yeah, <laughs> like really? This was a quorum of people, yeah. interns that oh, had goodness. to pump out some oh. jokes like, for the. Why beginning. couldn't we go to North Korea? Ha, <laughs> Remember that? That's a thing that we hate. Yeah, and it hates us. Yeah, and that would be North- better than here. <laughs> North Korea. That's Did horrible. I say it loud enough? <laughs> Anyway, don't you mean that's the way that don't you goes. mean best Korea? No. no. 
No one laughed but me. No. Aw. It's okay. So, thank (laughs) thank you, Kayla. There's hand-holding going on across the table right now. It's me and Jordan, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We usually just record holding hands. Yeah. Hey, R.L. Stein cameo. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That was good. That kind of made me sad, though. (laughs) Yeah? Why? Because he just kind of shuffles off camera, and you're like, oh, there he went. Here I am. I like, I want to appreciate him as a human. (laughs) Yeah. Kayla laughed so loudly that, like, no no one else in the theater, like, laughed at that point. But she was like, oh, my. You were so excited. Yeah, I was. I didn't know what he looked like. So it happened, and I went, that was probably all right. He's not the most attractive man. I, somehow I knew what he looked like, and I don't know how. Have you? Okay, if you look at his face, he has the yes. biggest mole yes. on his forehead, and you're like... I can't look away. Well, I, I don't want to get too much into this because this no. th- this gets a- away from the movie. But I do want to say, like, thank goodness w- he was had there, a good-looking son. Was there like, like, do you remember like childhood rumors of like, oh, Arl Stein isn't real or like Arl Stein? Yeah, he's is... like a he's like a quorum of of ghost writers. Yeah, I remember no. like I kind of remember a teacher ta- saying to me or saying to a class like Arl Stein can't be real. Like the books come out so often, there's no way that just one man is doing this. Arl Stein is like a name. Well, that's that because they use. you had a bitter teacher who wanted to be oh, a writer and couldn't do it, hacked at it, there, and the, decided I, to become a teacher instead. But also, Stephen King like turns out three books a year, and it's well, that's it's because just Stephen King. It's because he's got a grueling routine. But yeah, yeah. but yeah. I actually I heard later people say, well, the later on books mm. are um, just a bunch of ghostwriters. But actually, I. I have no trouble believing that the Goosebumps books are written by R.L. Stein because, one, they are kids' books. They're not that hard to fucking write. And if you read it, it's not exactly a literary masterpiece. He's just coming up with an interesting story. That's it. And even then, the story is the plain three-act structure. It's not like... It's not like... um much goes in it and even when I read the books he's like it doesn't take me that long to write them he even says that it's like it takes like a week and if that's your only job and it's making you money why the it's like if you okay a normal like let's let's think of it this way it's eight hours a day if you worked a 40 hour full time job that's like eight hours a day I could I could he I could write that in a week like, or, I mean, any, I mean, I, well, maybe I couldn't because I'm not that great of a writer. I don't know. How long did it take us to write Pick Your Path things? Longer than we'd like to talk about. But, but the, that's why we're not going to talk about it, right? How many pages are that? That, or are that? Wow, that's such bad. How many pages are that? <laughs> do you know Is how that many pa- pages? Do you know how many pages you guys have to write for that? And then also come up with 20 million different scenarios? This is just a three-act structure. You come up with an interesting twist. It's a kid's book. You write from the point of view of a 12-year-old. It's not that hard. Not to mention having cliffhangers at the end of every chapter. Yeah. Again, it's... That's how you keep them reading. Yeah. It's not that hard. But also, here's another thing that R.L. Stein did at the time in the 90s that they didn't do really back then. This was like the, one of the first kid series that's actually a horror series. I think that was what made it so popular was because... How like when you hear about horror stories, they're usually like rated R, meant for adults. This was the first time he's like, I'm gonna make a kid friendly horror series, and I think that's what made them so popular. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it, it didn't scare him, but it was still interesting. It was fascinating, and I think that's why kids really got into them. Mm-hmm. And he actually wrote it at that perfect time in the '90s, right when. 
I mean, computers weren't rampant yet. And really, either you could watch television or read. And some people were readers. Some people were TV watchers. And he hit both. And he hit he both. did. He eventually did hit both. Mm-hmm. And it would dun, dun 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 dun. All right. <laughs> Damn it. And I think that's why it is a hit. I think that it is. That's why it is nostalgic because this was the first one. Of, I, I want to say the actual first popular time that a writer wrote horror stories for kids. I'd say so. Because I mean, I mean, uh, um, are you afraid of the dark? Came after Goosebumps, if I recall. Did it? I don't know. And um, we're not historians. Well, I don't know, but like, I, I, all right, let's uh, we, let's get closing thoughts on the film. Mm-hmm. Closing thoughts. All right, I've been thinking about this one for a bit. Here it is. It is really a perfect analogy for Goosebumps. It thinks it's scary. It's not that scary. It thinks it's funny. Eh, it's kind of funny. Not that funny. It thinks it's cool. It's trying to be cool. It's not that cool. Much like the books themselves. But I still enjoyed it. So, again, like a Goosebumps book. That's my opinion. Caleb? Um, I say it's like candy. I think that's... It's not the best for you. It's not exactly... It's like Halloween candy. It's not the best for you. You probably shouldn't eat a bunch of it. But during that moment, damn, it was good. It was good eating it all. Mm-mm. Is it fun size as well? <laughs> is it fun size? Jordan. Uh, is Are You Afraid of the Dark based on a book series or is it just TV? It's TV. It's Canadian um, TV. Uh, the first Goosebump book came out in 92. Are You Afraid of the Dark? First episode, 1990. Oh. Predates it by two years. Mm. Are You Afraid of the Dark was scarier, generally. Yeah. Too. yeah. It, it was actually on, was yeah. scarier. Yeah. And it, it was centralized around a group of kids instead of I, uh, I think sustained. Oh, of course, I, Did you not watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, I didn't live in Canada. They aired it on Nick. I know, I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. <laughs> Nick no. and Snick and whatever else they called it at Team times. Nick. Team Nick. I can give you more. I'm sure I watched some episodes. <laughs> <laughs> What's your take on the film? What's your final take? Uh, it's take away. it's uh, it's not a good movie, but it'll it'll keep you entertained. Mm. So I wouldn't spend money in the theater. People are going to keep singing it. There, it's going to keep making money. Mm. But uh, but it's going to go right into the camp. I've got you know I've got movies kind of set into categories on when you should watch them. I don't even think people should rent it. I think. If this comes on on the weekend on HBO or something like that, and you don't have anything to do, you, it's not a bad way to spend or an hour it, oh, and trust forty me, minutes. This will go on ABC Family during the yeah. thirteen nights of. Halloween. Why would it go oh, on HBO yeah. at all? I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if HBO it gets a lot it, of things, I'm just saying movies usually come out on the movie or channels Netflix before they show up on eh, network good television. Good point. But uh, but I'm just saying if it if it shows up and you have anything else better going on, you're not going to waste a, a two hour period. Okay, you know, like, but. I'm, I, I'm not going to be in the store day one to go buy this. I think no. I think I'm the you most. Know, I'm, not buy I'm the most negative on this. Where that's because you couldn't turn your brain off. 
You you well, are no, historically but, unable okay, to turn your brain off. Besides that, the parts that were like good to me mm-hmm. were so good that they made the other parts like extra bad. Yeah, the, <laughs> this the, is the, true. The difference was Sad. so big. So it was kind of like it was like peaks and just sudden dark valleys. Of, <laughs> I was like, oh god, <laughs> like, am I still in bad. this film right now? And yeah. then it would go back up and oh my god, oh shit, the jagged needle-like <laughs> roller coaster. So this was ride. yeah, this was, was a goosebumps. roller coaster for him. He wasn't even at Disneyland, but he was riding something. <laughs> I, I was at the pike and i wanted to like just play with the chairs because yeah. i was i was basically alone it was me yeah. and like four other people nice. i had my whole row to myself i wanted <laughs> no. to i wanted to take the chair next to me and lift its legs up so i could lay across sideways yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that's just me though all mm-hmm. right so yeah i think if you care about plot structure this will hurt you in places <laughs> like uh, your brain but you know if i think i found the goosebumps references fun yeah mm-hmm. me too like that part, I was like, yeah, I have goosebumps. I remember that. Slappy's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so that's Slappy's fan club is sitting across from me right here. Yes. Why don't you guys tell us about Midnight Marinara? Well, if you guys want to hear legit horror, you can come. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard the audio version of someone knocking someone's legs out from underneath them, but uh, that has just been recorded on the show tonight. You're welcome. If you guys actually want to hear good storytelling. <laughs> I figured it was a good way to piggyback off of what, what, what Andrew just said. That's all. I'm no, just, yeah. If you want to hear good storytelling, go to Minute Marinara. Well, yeah. thank you, Andrew. We do, uh, <laughs> we, we do um, audio dramas and radio plays of creepypasta stories and classic literature uh, once a month. Uh, also within that time frame, we also do a few uh, analysis uh pieces known as uh, undercooked analysis where we basically dive into a, a horror story raw and sort of give it the literary treatment you know what i'm saying yeah we basically dissect it and poke fun of it while also joking with each other and going off topic unless it's me and dead palette and then we get weirdly weirdly intensely like <laughs> detailed um we're doing uh, two this month, uh, October, for the sake of Halloween. Because it's yeah, been... this this will be coming out on Halloween. So oh, cool. So if you're if this is coming out, uh, keep an eye out for uh, we we're doing an adaptation of the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. So if you like stuff with the headless horseman and Ichabod Crane, uh, check out Midnight Mariner's version of it. You might hear some voices of people you you may recognize. Um, actually, the announcer from Super Smash Brothers, Xander Mobus, is oh, the current. Cool. Very cool. He's the current um, <clears throat> host of the show. Nice. Yeah, he's the um, ringmaster. The ringmaster. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, thank you, Jordan. Fancy. Uh, so check that out. Uh, is it midnightmarinara.com? Do you have that? Or, or um, is it benvnetwork.com slash midnightmarinara? Benvnetwork.com slash midnightmarinara. You can also look for it on uh, YouTube if you prefer listening to your podcasts that way. Just honestly, you can just search for it. Um, if you just like search it, you'll probably find it. There's really not much else on the internet called Midnight Marinara. We have a Tumblr. We have a Twitter, which you can find under at Scary Sauce, because that there isn't enough room to put in Midnight Marinara, <laughs> and it, with an at. So at Scary Sauce, if you want to tweet us. Yes, and uh, you know we should we should also mention you know pick your path. Yes, of course. If you like making your own story, and actually Goosebumps had that too. But if you like listening to good choose your own adventure stories. <laughs> Pick Your Path podcast, which uh, me and Andrew here and uh, Matt Benson wrote uh, all together. Our first season just wrapped up. Uh, we are already kind of looking forward to some more in the future. We're looking into the future. Yeah. We're looking into the future. But we've got a good solid lineup of stories right now. So if you want to 
uh, take your destiny into your own hands. Sure. Check out uh, the Pick Your Path podcast. Banvnetwork.com slash PYP. I, Anything else? Uh, I was about, no, no I, was, I was trying to remember the name of our Twitter handle. At Pick Your Pod. At Pick Your Pod. So uh, you can tweet us and we might tweet you, you choices. Have, you know? have you or Kayla made any appearances on other podcasts or YouTube channels? Um, I mean, I mean, we've been on Nerd's Eye View uh, well, before. Nerd's Eye View. YouTube stuff. I don't know what you guys do on oh, YouTube. Uh, YouTube's well, like a foreign land that I don't speak the language <laughs> well, uh, and they don't like my passport. Uh, Dave and I recently became friends with... Uh, the slimy ones, uh, Slime Beast, who is a well-known creepypasta writer of... Uh, 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 oh. He wrote the Abandoned by Disney stories, um, things like that. Whimsy Wood. Uh, Funny Mouth. You know, oh, all that good stuff. So uh, he has brought us on for a couple of things. His uh, show called uh, Jump Scared as well. Uh, we play uh, Cards Against Humanity with him, and I beat him twice. Yay. <laughs> You're good at it. I am good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, we work we we work with a bunch of people. Dead Palettes, Tales of Tales of uh, Banality. I definitely <laughs> recommend. They're on. He's on YouTube. He does short, creepy, and unsettling stories. And uh, your story, I think, by this time should be out. Yes, I wrote a story for his channel, and he wrote one for mine. Um, you can check out Malnourished, episode thirty nine of Midnight Marinara. Or no, no, Management is the thirty ninth episode. Malnourished is the one I wrote for him, and that that uh, they're both companion pieces, so they cross each other at different points. Hmm. Nifty. Yep. Well, yeah. I feel like I've plugged myself enough. What about <laughs> you, sir? No, I'll do plugs later. Don't worry about it. Uh, so that's it for our Goosebumps segment of our Halloween special mm-hmm. episode. Ooh. This is a segment. Feeling peckish this midnight? Set your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara podcast is here for you, intrepid listeners. We sample only the finest in sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in twice monthly as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> Ghosts are real. This much I know. What do you be mine? Take a little walk to the edge of town. Go across the track. Edith, this is my sister. There are parts of the house that are unsafe. I can imagine the two of you in here as children. We were not allowed in here as children. We were confined to the nursery in the attic. On a gathering storm comes a tall handsome Proceed with caution. Has anyone died in this house? Specific deaths, violent deaths. I have to leave. I'm here to take you away. There's nowhere else to go. This is your home now.
a special episode of Nerd's Eye View. <laughs> I'm Jordan. I'm joined by Andrew. Hi. And we have a special guest. I'm a guest now? You're a guest now? You're a blast from the past is oh what my you God. are. Dust me off then. <laughs> yeah, we so just many. opened up the uh, the vault mm-hmm. and you came on walking out. Vault 111? No, uh, Christopher Walken's your father, vault. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean... Life is great. Look, when Vault Tech decided to make that vault, mm-hmm. uh, we all thought it was a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Some nice people came out of that vault. Yeah. Brendan Fraser, namely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You guys didn't know the reference I was making? I knew the reference you okay. were making. I, I just heard. forgot that that's who was in that movie. I didn't yeah. know how to keep it going, so I just stopped. I'm sorry. Well, I, I kept it going. feed the bit, and I forgot how to feed the bit. We're, uh, Always feed the bit. We're reviewing a movie called Crimes of Peak. Yeah. This is our special Halloween episode, as you've probably Ooh. already heard from both the beginning and our, uh, depending on what order I put these, but I'll probably put Goosebumps first. Okay. I don't know. Um, well, hopefully you're still here, listener. Yeah. Uh, but we we mother. are going to review Crimson Peak, and uh, as we probably also told you at the beginning, uh, the, this is going to be spoilers all. Yeah, yeah we're just going to get into it. Uh, so I uh, hopefully you saw the film, and if not, well, hopefully we can convince you to see it. Right. Because uh, honestly, I'm going to just come out right out the bat and say I loved it. Loved it. Whoa. Really? <laughs> I, d- I thought there'd be a lot of things that you didn't like about it. Uh, yeah, well, come on. It's, it's, it's Del Toro. Of course I'm going to love it. Good. I'm a, I'm a, you picked the wrong guy if you were looking for something other than, yeah, it's good. I really love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> nah, let's get into this. Uh, so this is a film. Um, uh, I mean, I'd read the IMDb thing like Jordan but you hate does, it. but I hate doing he that. I like it. to summarize you it my own see way. His face just contorts. I read it. Uh, Early today when we did a different recording and his face like i thought he was gonna kill me i like to give my own summary of the film uh, oh, please Enthrall- yeah that's a, that's in- a long running nev tradition yeah. are you are you new to this i basically <laughs> look i know it just looks like i'm wearing a normal t-shirt but this is kevlar that's an actually a nice shirt though thank you sir and mm. i know this looks like a normal phone but it's also a gun yeah that's oh, why shit. i wear the kevlar <laughs> they oh you they make those now yeah. Yeah. Phone oh, definitely. Gun. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I thought there was going to be a pun in there. Yeah, no. I was. I was wondering too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crimson Peak. Uh, Enthralus, sir. It's primarily a film about a young uh, woman uh, played by Mia Wasikowski, uh, who can see ghosts. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, when she is a young child, uh, her ghost of a mother gives her a warning that doesn't make sense until later in life. Don't go to Crimson Peak. Yeah. And uh, later in life, uh, there's some incidents involving some. Uh, uh, are they British royalty? How does that work? They're 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 regal somehow. He's what is related their, du- somehow. Dutch Duchiosity. What is their names? They have some crazy title, and I can't remember what it is now. Um, and they keep making fun of Duchion. Yeah, like something because it's a like weird that. title. It's like he's the cousin. So. He uh, just owns land. Is yeah, basically he's what just it is. he's he's a landowner, and it's it's very old land, yeah. probably given by the king at some point. Mm-hmm. So that's why he has a title. Yeah, but it's not actual royalty or nobility. Yeah. So uh, there's there's an incident involving some uh, foreign nobility, and uh, well, before you know it, there's a creepy old house that everyone's living in. Yep. Uh, and it just all goes crazy from there with more ghosts and clay. So. Before we get into the film, I just want to say that the advertising did a disservice to this film. I mean, um, yeah. 
even del toro himself said look like we had to advertise it this is what the company wanted to do i just had to make the best film i could and this is how they wanted to advertise it and i couldn't you know, yeah. Like, according uh, according to a uh, man you are both familiar with, a man named Ty. You ever heard of this gentleman? Ty West. Ty Sheridan. Nerd's Eye Ty. View. That Ty. Oh, yeah. uh, he is a very unsavory. Oh, by way of Nerd's Eye View. Oh uh, yes. Oh okay. Uh, from the Heritage Nerd's Eye View. The, the, the from lineage. Nerds on View. Mm. The the lineage. You you encounter that man. Do not trust a word he says. Oh no. He I said d- it was a straight horror movie. I don't. So I couldn't take the missus to go see it because mm. I didn't think she'd want to see it. It's uh, it's exactly what the uh, uh, the main character, what's it? Edith is her character's name or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes a fantastic analogy in the beginning. Yeah, of the film. well, it's in, yeah, it's crazy because I kind of forgot about that whole thing oh, until stuck with the me. movie ended, and I was like, oh right, it's a nugget. It's right, a little she's nugget. a writer, and that story she was writing is like this one. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's like, like that was crazy. She because says to uh, Tom Hiddleston's character, "Well, it's more no, no, not to his character, to the, she says the to publisher." A yeah, but yeah, it, yeah it's, when it's, she's talking about it, it's a story about a girl, and there just happens to be a ghost. Mm. Which, which is like uh, that's one of my main points that I have written down here is uh, Jordan's main point: true gothic, uh, true gothic horror of the time. Right, Shelley, Stoker, uh, authors who actually all knew each other. I don't know if you guys knew this. Yeah, they all knew each other and hung out. Of course. And they had long discussions, and they, they drank wine, and they hung out, and they all, they all discussed this stuff. And when it came down to it, their stories, while there were monsters in them, were never really about the monsters. The mm. monsters themselves were metaphors for human nature, for the real problem yeah. of the, na- the main character in those and stories. And like emotions and stuff. And yeah. emotions. Yeah. They were, they, what we get from popular media today is monsters are just monsters. Mm. They don't mean anything. But in real gothic horror, which I argue this film is, mm-hmm. the monsters represent something. Mm. They're not, these are not stories about monsters. They just have monsters in them. And that's, I mean, I just, I have to say this straight out. Like, are, the, you, are you saying the, uh, the brother and sister are the monsters? No, I'm kidding. The, in this film, the ghosts don't attack. Like, they're not like... That's what I love about it. They're not malevolent. Well, they're malevolent in a way, but it's but not... I feel, I feel like that's the only way they know how to interact with the world. Well, because they're they're giving warnings. Yeah. They're they're making their presence known to the one person who can see them and, and kind of interact with them because mm. she's the one at, in danger that they want to warn. Yeah. But the, the great thing, had she not had that experience in her childhood, if it was just some random person and saw that they would freak out and not understand and they'd mm. say, don't go to that house. Mm-hmm. But because she had that warning... And granted, she's still terrified of it. Um, she knows that it means something, and so she pursues it. Yep. This is, this is a good movie. I, I love. Really I love the. Uh, I love the reveal when when she finds out she's at Crimson Peak. She's like, shit. Yeah, everything makes sense suddenly. Had I known this was Crimson it Peak, I would have cl- never married. It you. all clicks into into place. Well, and I love that. I didn't understand. I was like, Crimson Peak. How's this going to make sense? And then they move to the house, and it's called a- a- Allard. Dale Hall or yeah, because the Alan whole time Hall, yeah. it's fainting. And it's like, well, no, she's not going to Crimson Peak. Yeah, and you don't find out until winter comes. Well, but that's the th- yeah. It's like the clay in the ground is red, and it turns the snow red, mm-hmm. so it makes it a crimson. I love peak. how it just like, like super over exaggerated the, cl- the the red. Love you know. oh, but it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that's well, because everything. Oh, everything is gorgeous uh-huh. in this movie. Everything when, that house. Oh. Yeah, but it, like the clay's coming through. This is the like one of the few things that like bothered me a little bit is huh. like they're on the second third story of the house and clay's coming out of the walls <laughs> and i'm it's like, like the shining dude 
how is that happening? Like it's like the it, shining it makes, pipes. The, the it makes amazing pipes? visual imagery. Like beautiful, yeah. gorgeous. The pipes are not in the walls in this time okay, period. They're yeah, on whatever. the outside of the wall. I know. I um, saw. But like for the only place where that made sense was in the cellar. Yeah. And oh man, that place. It felt like a womb. Mm-hmm. Which ends up being the opposite yeah. of what it is because that's where they dump the bodies. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh man, some crazy shit. That's, this movie was so good, though. And I ended up being glad that the only fantastical elements of the film were the ghosts she was seeing, yep. um, because the like I brought up earlier, the advertising faints at um, the brother and sister being fantastical elements themselves yeah it Does kind it really? of oh how, straight how so? up, i never saw anything about this it, so. in the trailer it says uh sometimes a house like this holds on to things mm. and it shows ghosts and then it shows the brother and sister and I, you're like is the house keeping them alive i was kind of are they about... super like are they immortal yeah and that's why they're tied to the house and why they can't leave huh it pretty much almost says that in the trailer I with the way thought, it, it's edited i thought vampires somehow right it didn't make any sense to me but i was like vampires because early on, like they're in shade a lot. They're mm-hmm. you know they're like and, and they're if, extra dark. And like, if it's they're followed, always extra dark. Like, like they're always in the darkest place they can stand. And if it follows Stoker, Stoker's version of vampires were not. They were immune to sunlight. They just didn't have all their powers. Yeah, it weakened them. It didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. So it follows that line. Yeah, it's a. Uh, oh man, I love I love how the ghosts are used. I love that. I liked because um, they're just like, a force. They're just there's like a lot of subtle character things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed like there was like a lot of hints, but they didn't always make a lot of sense until uh, later. Like they were really clever. Like when they first arrived after uh, Edith and and Thomas got married, mm-hmm. and the groundskeeper is like, "Oh, I'd heard about your wedding a long time ago," and it's like she's like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "Oh, I don't know." And you're like, oh shit! Like that because he's weird. old and he's just like misplacing. Well, yeah, he, the way he's like, obviously his memory's probably going out because of how old he is. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, well, no, you guys got married. That was a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait, no, it's not. And he's got to yeah. quickly cover it back up that he that he slipped. Yeah, and yeah, I, do, I, I I didn't put the connection together when the. Uh, Bobby from Supernatural. I forgot his character's name in this movie and his real life name. Well, I mean, he was Mister Cushing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but her dad, when he when he says, "Oh, you've been to you know uh, these places yeah, looking the, for money," exactly. And I didn't put together that oh, uh, he had married in all those different places or whatever. Either. I didn't either. Uh, I didn't either until it, then. that's a great reveal. I, I yeah. thought I thought when the uh, like the the keeper, the groundskeeper. Just said that. Oh, you know, I thought it was the one guy after the the detective had, you know, mm. re- revealed that information. I just thought, oh, okay, it's he, he's married before, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's a con man. Yeah. Um, and then you, oh gosh, you find out so much more about shit. him. When yeah. they, you find out, yes, they are con people, mm-hmm. but it's way deeper. Yeah. This is well, like, uh, like any kind of psycho kind of horror stories that you hear that mm-hmm. you know become movies or books or whatever. And just how the the people lived, and um, it, just, it just reminded me of not completely different, but it just reminded me of like the the, the psychotic nature of the the family and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. And it's like I could imagine um, Jessica Chastain and Tom Hiddleston, like you know, this brother and sister being something like that. Like imagine mm-hmm. if they actually had a kid and kept it, and you know, mm-hmm. like wow, just yeah. Uh... That's also kind of a crazy reveal. Mm-hmm. The the baby ghost. Right? Yeah. yeah. She's like 
she's like, no, that was mine. Yeah. And it was born wrong. That is such a moment. I'm like, fuck. Um, I also wanted to talk about, I liked when they went to the post office Mm -hmm. and she got mail that was for, you know, Miss E Sharp. And I'm like, it's like, oh, it has to be you. And it's totally not because it's just a different E Sharp. Like, that's crazy. That was some good, that was some good shit. What I, what I enjoyed the most is it took the elements of other horror movies that we've been seeing recently of kind of like what would happen in the past is it would just be a straight up horror film and, and they would have to escape or, or whatever. But recently, oh, well, over the last five years, it started to be more about the mystery of the monster mm-hmm. and why it's doing what it's doing. And this is a mur- this is a mystery. It's a murder mystery. But the monsters uh, are people. Yeah. And they're not the ghosts because yeah. it, it's so heavily on like because of the advertising. I'm going to say again, it feels like there's supposed to be some fantastical element. Like the fact that the house is bleeding clay all the time and <laughs> yeah. there's blood everywhere. You can just imagine that some malevolent force is intertwining this brother and sister and they've been in this house for decades or hundreds of years or whatever. And, in order to keep it satiated, they got to bring people back and like feed it to the house. Mm-hmm. But that's not what's going on. Uh, the, the sister is just like PTSD up to hell because well, of her upbringing and, and their, yeah, yeah their it's like something, I think it's deeper than that though. I think she's just crazy. Well, she was already, you can tell that she was already on that path. Uh-huh. Like maybe her mother and father, because a lot of the times, uh, like mental disease, can be carried on genetically mm-hmm. so maybe she was already down that road and then was you know imprisoned and beaten and tortured uh and and then eventually she goes in the insane asylum for a period of time mm-hmm. probably getting worse probably undergoing all types of treatments they waterboarded people at that time period yeah. they electroshocked them there was yeah. all types of horrible things they did to people under the guise of trying to fix them. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and the, this is the place that she felt was home. Even though all those horrible things happened there, she felt connected to it and couldn't leave. And that's where we get the, all of the conflict at the end of the movie. And, and it, it's just it, that all that, it, it just, um, it really shows you how much of a command she had over her brother, you know? Yeah. And oh, yeah. because for the longest time he didn't want to have anything to do with her. Mm-hmm. But, was um, only going along with it because they share the same secret, mm-hmm. and and when he, when you finally and he was he was yeah. traumatized in the way too, and but the difference is she was traumatized from her mother and the lack of their father, right, and took all these beatings. But in turn, she then traumatized her brother mm-hmm. because she saved him from all those beatings. So that's why he's not. Uh, malicious. That's why he's not mean. That's why he's not violent. Yeah, I think there's a couple of crazy reveals. He's submissive. Did we all know it was her that uh, killed the Mr. No. Cushing? No, I did. Okay, I, I did not I get it until they showed it. Because it, it, it's, I mean, it's super violent and it's super. That, that it seems it. like someone who's way too strong. But no, I, 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 sorry, I, I think like I don't know when, but there was a point in the film where I was like. Oh, like he's not the bad one. Like she's the bad one. And I don't remember when exactly that happened, but that I w- like I thought, well, he still did some stuff too. And then there's a line where she's like, "You need to finally get some blood on your hands." And I was like, "Holy shit, she's done 
all everything. I got all the blood. She's killed everyone, and now she's finally like, you know what? You can do this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy. That's shit. That's the crazy. Uh, like, uh, you know, I she it, she could have just been the female who. Oh, poisons, poisons. Okay, that's how only a woman could ever kill, uh, you know, an yeah, overgrown in a, man or in, whatever. No. In writing, that's that's. Yeah. I mean, that's why poison is called, you know, a woman's a woman's weapon or whatever. Yeah, it's like a whole psychological thing. Mm-hmm. But that that's uh, that's it's so crazy that, or I just think she great storytelling that. that. Yeah, that she's more than that. She has more depth to her, and that the, when she kills. Um, uh, Edith's father it's such like a I don't know Del, Del Toro does that really well in movies where he makes murder like a horrific thing because in real life it is you know right. a horrific thing and like, there's like Devil's Backbone Pan's Labyrinth and in and, and here like you you're like wow murder is terrible and when you see it and you see why some people are compelled to do it mm-hmm. like he, he just makes you feel like oh and that that can't be understated uh, or that can't be overstated enough because especially in American culture death is so overwrought in all of our media in video games and movies and TV people die left and right and uh, recently um, I saw Sicario with someone and they were super affected by the imagery in that and that is another film that does a great job of of really making you feel it because there are movies that have super high death counts and you come out on the other end and you feel nothing because as a people, we are so desensitized yeah. from what we see visually in, in our, our, our film and our TV and to come in and to actually make you feel the veracity and the terrible nature that someone would have to be in and, and just how horrible that really is, is a testament to someone's ability to create because we are desensitized. Most of us are because of the culture we grew up in. You know, guns and machismo and everything about American culture is... those damn video games, Destruction and military and, you know, where that's just how it is here. But you watch this film and it is terrifying. Yeah. And and very few films can make you feel that. And I don't... And it's not done in a... He doesn't do it ever in a it's sense glorified. of like a torture porn mm-hmm. or just a well, straight up action there's flick. a couple of scenes where it, but it's i think it's more to like actually feel the pain yeah there's like a <coughs> excuse me there's like a reality to it there's a scene where tom hiddleston gets stabbed like in the face oh, and they hang on man. that for like he, a he loves that by the way that happens in pan's labyrinth too uh-huh. and it's but they hang on that for a long time but it's like you feel the emotion of it it's not yeah. just like oh he's dead and look it's, at how gross it is it's, it's not it's, it's not like, shock value. you should be you, it's like this is sad like this that, is very that sad. was yeah you you could just see that oh she really loved him mm-hmm. and this is like the anger boiling inside her that the entire theater gasped at yeah. that part uh yeah because people are, uh, I was texting I mean, to talk about media again. You know, like people are, people are stabbed probably every five minutes on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's that's nothing. Mm-hmm. But to see it depicted in that way, to see it so vi- visceral, it was incredible. The entire the entire theater gasped, and that's that's hard to make people do now when it comes to violence. I th- I also think that speaks to, I mean. The, the storytelling and the story that uh, presented and, and it's very well crafted. And so you, uh, um, it really makes you care about these, these characters or not so much care about some of them, but you, you, you buy into their, their story and you they, believe their performances. And they feel like people. They, 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 that's one of the great things that 
uh, del Toro has always done is uh, he tells these dark fairy tales yeah. in his movies, but he crafts such interesting, well-rounded characters that they feel like people, mm-hmm. and that's that that makes you connect with them. Um, I really, really, really want to talk about the final fight. Yeah, between the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, that was awesome. It's yeah, like crazy. Yeah, it was uh, really good. <laughs> it's like, and they're not like. I mean, it's crazy because Edith is not like a fighter. And she's weak at this point yeah, in and, the film and, because she's uh, been poisoned for so long. So is, uh, I mean, What's-Her-Face isn't so much a fighter as in, uh, what was her? Lucille. Lucille, mm-hmm. yeah. She wasn't so much a fighter as like just a straight-up murderer. She hasn't really had to fight she, someone. She's like she's like an animal. Yeah. Yeah, she's very plotted. She's very calculating. She knows how she's going to kill someone. This is in the moment, and it's... Yeah, she, A, she's not used to it, but you can just tell like her animal side comes out, mm-hmm. and she just becomes this beast. And then the the way that that fight ends is there's the ghost of, of Thomas Sharp. Yeah. And it's like, Oh shit. Like that I thought was amazing that he shows up in ghost form mm-hmm. and basically saves Edith. Yeah. Uh, distracts, but, but, and it's not even like Lucille can see him. She can't see him, but she kind of like believes she feels him. Then. Yeah. I mean, and the, the film kind of makes it look like she sees him. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think visually they do they do a nice little trick where you see him from the perspective of Edith, and then they the camera moves and he's not there, but yeah. you're you're watching Lucille look at where he was, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great visual cue that Lucille doesn't see the ghost, but wants to believe because that she knows there. she knows that Edith can see the ghosts because mm-hmm. she knows that's how she found out about the whole yeah because otherwise she wouldn't know everything that yeah. she knows. Just, it, that's, that's so good. And I, I think that maybe really speaks to just how crazy uh, Lucille's, Lucille is. Yeah. Because, or at least crazy to the, the average person, because anyone else in that time period, even now, some people would be like, no, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. Ghost? Well, there's no ghost. There were superstitious people, yeah. but they wouldn't. They, you know, it was more along the lines of, oh, this castle's haunted, or, you know what I mean? It was It was more about old places and stuff like that. It wasn't so much of a particular person is coming to talk to you. Yeah, it was. It was just more of the superstitious side, and she she commits already because she just she just killed him, you know, and like she's demented. Mm-hmm. And she loves she loves this person and then just kills him, mm-hmm. and so she wants to believe that he's there. Now, um, uh, I also wanted to talk about like the final shot mm-hmm. of the film, which is I think it it's a little maybe open to interpretation on what exactly it means because it's, it's Lucille's ghost is still in the house playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And then as it kind of gets closer on her, it seems like she becomes more real, mm-hmm. more solid. But I think that's more or less just meaning that she will never leave that house. She's never going to fade. Yeah. That she's now connected to that place. Mm-hmm. Just like her mother. Yeah. That's Cause her mother was fading. Yeah. Every single time we saw her mother, she was dissipating. Well, they it was like a it was like a crazy thing where ghosts are literally physical manifestations of the body, and mm-hmm. so the decay comes through. Mm-hmm. And so even with the first ghost, uh, Edith's mother, the decay is there because she had the plague. Mm-hmm. Like she was she was already shriveling and turning you know into nothing. Yeah. And so when that ghost comes through, it's of course that ghost is like a, a skeleton face. Like that's what happens. But when you have the those older ghosts, it's they're like. It was also we also saw the ghost of Es. Who? Oh yeah, Enola. Enola. Yeah. 
She or wasn't quite Ilona. No, but she was decaying. Like yeah. it was and clear, the ba- like the baby that was said. It was clear that she was thrown into the clay because yeah. she was always covered in red mm-hmm. whenever you saw her. Mm-hmm. Just amazing visuals. Great visual, yeah. <sighs> yeah, uh, they felt real. I was a little disappointed. Maybe it was just the theater that I was in, but but whenever you watch one of his movies, like you you he gets the most out of the sound. He mm-hmm. he takes advantage of sound cues, and I I didn't feel like this movie had anything. Especially you know a house the house can just have cr- you know cricks and different mm-hmm. sounds. Like um, what was that? They said something like the wind or something like that. I forgot. The um, house breathes. Yeah, like that. You could have had the house just play with you and creep the crap out of you, and I feel like nowhere in the movie. Maybe I'm wrong, but nowhere in the movie was there anything with the audio like that. Mm, but it also could have just been the theater. Certain scenes, I I remember feeling like there was a lot going on, but it didn't make it didn't make heavy use of the like the sounds of an old house. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, I feel like more the focus was what was happening in the scenes with the characters. Cause in the end, this is a very character driven film. Right. Did anyone have like a problem with the kind of the pacing of it? And because you start out, there's some slow parts, not so much, I guess not so much of the pacing, but just, you think it kind of takes too long to get to the house. I like the fact that it took too long to get to the house. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, and the fact that, Hey, Who's who's shooting? Who's who's writing stories about like early nineteen hundreds Buffalo? Who's doing that? You know. Yeah. So we get to see a, a different part of um, New York, a different part of society, um, and and I like that we're in that town, and and I I could have stayed there for quite a long time. Like I I just didn't like that, everything that was going on there. Yeah, that was an interesting place too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the pri- the like the private detective and all the other characters associated with there would like that was really interesting. Yeah. Those were all good characters. Because uh, a <coughs> horror film would just have them be in the house. Yeah. But we got to see what life was like outside of the house. Mm-hmm. And and I cared about that. That was an interesting place. I wanted to know more about it. Especially mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of times um, horror movies or traditional horror movies, uh, it's it's the one place and you're there the entire time. You know, and you just want to get out of there. And I felt that exact same... Uh, I felt that exact same, uh, you know, I, I felt the exact same way, but we were in that house for uh, less less time film-wise, you mm-hmm. know, movie length-wise, but I felt like we were in that house yeah, forever. It felt and like a long time. And, and you can tell based on uh, Lucille, like, by the fact of her not drinking the tea, like refusing to drink the, the tea and eat the food, mm-hmm. she was alive longer than she was meant to be. They were planning on killing her quick. As soon as she signed the papers, like Edith was supposed to die. Mm -hmm. And uh, so even though it feels like we're in there forever, it's actually not that long. She's Mm -hmm. there like, what, a week? Or two. Or Or two, two? yeah. Yeah. To me, it was like a month tops because it has to take, um, what's his face, Uh, Charlie Hunnam's character, the doctor. It has to take him a while to get from America. America. It's got to be like two or three weeks on a boat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Boat. But Boat. Can I, can I, he's got one of those, uh, what do you call those things from Robots? Pacific Rim? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, he took a Jaeger. Jaeger, there we go. He hopped in his old Jaeger. I wanted well, to call it a Yobo. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, Yobo. I just made up a thing. The Yobo. That's Yobo's the, going that's Yolo. the asylum knockoff version of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to bring up? No, I was just looking at trivia. Because I you just wanted me. to bring up again the deceptive marketing of it. Let me read you the IMDb description. 
Can you hold on? Uh, hold on. Let me read some fun trivia first. All right, fun trivia. Uh, the dog yep. is a papi- papillon. Papillon? Which is... What are you uh, saying? It's I, an Italian dog? It's French for butterfly. Nice. Right? That's cool. Yeah. Oh, I like I like that Symbol when you... Um, the the little tiles or whatever on the... I guess you call it like the foyer or whatever. Mm-hmm. The entryway. Look like a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. There's also... People are making a lot of connections to the devil's backbone, mm-hmm. which yeah. I've never seen. No? I, I've never seen it either. I need to watch it. Um, and... Oh, so in, in the beginning of the film, uh, Edith's mocked... And say she's they're like oh yeah Jane Austen died a spinster and then Edith retorts with I'd rather be Mary Shelley, Shelley. and die a widow, by the end of the film she is a widow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, there's good stuff in there. Clever. The script is good. Yeah, it, it, that's the script a, it's is a good real script. Real good in this. It's actually like a really interesting story. I remember seeing early reviews saying like it is what it's it is what it looks like, and I'm like no, it's actually better. Like it, yeah. it really feels like it's better than and what I feel it looks like. like. Del Toro is underrated in in that aspect because the you know you know American uh, North American audience only really knows him from Hellboy, mm-hmm. and they know him from Pacific Rim. That's yeah. what that's what they know him from, and. Yeah. And those aren't um, those I, are not indicative of the films that he really like. He loves like he enjoyed making Pacific Rim. He likes Hellboy a bunch, but when it comes to like the stories that he really wants to tell, like Pan's Labyrinth, Devil's Backbone, this like the there's not a lot of people who've seen those films. Yeah, I've never. The only one that I haven't <laughs> seen is Jesus amateur me. amateur move over here. I haven't seen that Excuse movie. Wow. Me. You show up and he's falling apart. I didn't huh? like that mic. I wanted to slap it. <laughs> Obviously, um, I've been wanting to buy and I never have. I think it's it's still on Amazon and Blu-ray. Chronos. That's like uh, Ooh, his first. That's on Hulu. Is it on Hulu mm-hmm. now too? Oh, oh, oh well then uh, it's on Hulu because it's in the Criterion. One of us is doing mm, something nice. one day. Get home, <laughs> taking a nap, going to bed, and then I watch it on the weekend. <laughs> I got um. them crazy hours, kids. But oh, I didn't I didn't know that and. That excites me. There were some other pieces of trivia that, I mean, they're not that big of a deal. But that, but, that, I mean, um, that's the thing I, I like about Devil's Backbone. That's the thing I like about Pan's Labyrinth is there are, there's horror, like horrific elements in them. But it's the exact same way as, uh, what did we just watch? Crimson Peak. Yeah. <laughs> that um, <laughs> they don't terrify you, but they do kind of creep you out. And, and yeah. They're, they're fairy tales. They're just dark fairy tales. Yeah, they're, well, this exactly. is almost like a legend. It feels like it but feels like a like a, a legend of this, these siblings. I mean, yeah, all of the house. Like a this feels yeah. like a legitimate ghost story. Like something yeah. that people tell around. Like the an fire. Amityville like, almost type thing. Yeah, it's like, hey, have you heard about that house? Oh yeah, what happened there? And then like, yeah. this is the story. Do you yeah. know Allendale Hall? <laughs> yeah, it's it's. We don't go there. But, but see, the like Eons used to most, live there. Most modern fairy tales are all based off of like, they're all. Uh, like, what's the term? Like, G derivative. They're all G versions of their original stories. Like, all fairy tales are based on super dark stories Mm -hmm. where people died or were raped. Like, Sleeping Beauty is based on an old, like, Russian fairy tale where... we can play this game where we list off all the all the the fairy tales that are actually rape stories. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but they've all been, you know, di- I mean, for the lack of a better word, they've all been Disneyfied over the last sure. hundred years. They've all been taken and changed Stabbing and made soul. and made into cartoon versions of themselves. And this feels like one of those old stories mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before someone came in and made it okay for children to watch. Mm-hmm. And it it just it feels old when it's not like he created a modern dark fairy tale. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. Good stuff. 
So can I read the stupid IMDb description? Oh, He's whatever. So okay. Eager. You're so no, you're so into this ad just, problem because it it just tell me if this is yeah. But you know this, you know Hollywood is Hollywood. In the aftermath of a family tragedy, an aspiring author is torn between the love of her childhood friend and the temptation of a mysterious outsider trying to escape the ghosts of her past. And is sw- she is swept away to a house that breathes, bleeds, and remembers. Yeah, I know that because I did it's the like, guess the ending for that. Yeah, so and I you read, read that, it. And but, my ending was actually kind of close, I'd yeah, like to say. But see, this is also, by the end of the film, we learned that it's not places that take on the aspects. Like, that's what the advertising faints at, that mm-hmm. this is like an evil house. Mm-hmm. When no, it's not. It is the evil people that died in them that haunt them yeah. that are evil. It's the people that were evil. And the ghosts are just metaphors and manifestations of those evil people. Yeah, There's nothing inherently evil with the house itself. In fact, the house is sinking into the clay. It's yeah. being eaten. Yeah. So The house that got eaten. Yeah. That's the alternate title. Oh, that's the alternate title? Yeah. That's good. Eaten oh, is House. That, is that the international? Eaten House. Eaten House. Eaten house. Welcome to Better than Alan House. Yeah. I think it's Allerdale. Or Allerdale. Whatever. Uh, okay, I like this trivia because we actually reviewed this film way back when. Hit me. Uh, Guillermo del Toro gave the script to Jessica Chastain after working with her on Mama. Oh. She read Mama. it and she said, give me Lucille. Yep. He said, yep. Yeah, she's real good yeah. as Lucille. The uh, acting all around is really he, good. To clarify, he didn't direct Mama, of course. He was just a producer. Uh, what? It was what? By Kidding. Alfonso Ribeiro? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Mama was messed up. You're close. <laughs> it wasn't Alfonso or something. I don't remember what it is. Mama was messed up. Yeah, and she was in that. And, yep. she, and Yeah, Mama was more Mama was straight horror. Yeah, it was a horror film. Whereas this is gothic horror. But yeah, so I kind of straight out I of like horror. that that's a that's how they they met and he gave her the script. That makes yeah, me that's happy. cool. Uh, let me look here. I felt like all oh, the acting Do you think that's why he agreed to weekend? produce it? No, I'm kidding. We did, I mean, I'm sure we talked about it at the time, but it made uh, 13 million in the opening weekend. Yeah, that feels like a lot for what it is, and yeah, you know, yeah, I can imagine it didn't take too much to make, but mm-hmm. it'll it, with the international, it'll make it back. Yeah, those gorgeous sets, like that house, is incredible. It was all built, just, yeah. just for that. Yeah, yeah was, and I'm assuming and the, the the wardrobe is amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just everything, everything about the way the film was made was. Immaculate. I'm assuming they had to put it out now because it's Halloween. Yep. And and international audience, they're gonna they like things. I think a little bit more like this as opposed to just straight. You know. Yeah. They actually held this for Halloween times. It was yeah. finished at the beginning of this year. Whereas Goosebumps came out earlier here than most parts of the world. Mm. Like in Australia, Goosebumps isn't coming out till January. What? Yeah. Because they don't. I mean, it's not a Halloween they don't, film, technically. They I don't. Guess. They don't really celebrate Halloween in Australia. It's not mm. that much of a big deal. So they celebrate Spooky January. Well, yeah, well. throw your shrimp on the Barbie, mate, for Spooky January. Yeah, yeah, when it's super yeah, hot. Australia. When it's super hot down there in the middle Grab of January. Grab a Foster's. Get spooky. Yeah, they don't drink it's Foster's. January. They don't drink Foster's there. <laughs> not, not, to, not to destroy your uh, your perception of Australia, but they don't drink Foster's. Hop on your kangaroo and come down to spooky January celebration. <laughs> Kangaroos Maybe. will mess you up. Kangaroo, kangaroo will punch you out. And don't hop in their pouch. It's really not it's what it's... It's gross yeah. in there. <laughs> I learned a lot of things from The Simpsons. I think we broke Andrew. <laughs> spooky January? Is it, get, is, it, is it getting late for you? It must yes. be getting late. I think he needs a bottle and lay down. Can we throw a spooky January party? Yes! 
You guys can totally do a Halloween party on my birthday. My birthday is January 20th. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just really liked imagining this fake holiday of spooky. I <laughs> could tell. I'm glad you didn't try to impersonate Australians and offend all of them. I was waiting Ooh. for it. No, thanks. I, I, I held back. But I had my, you started, I would have carried in I know in my there. accent work is not the best. I just I just did the American ads for Spooky January. <laughs> and you couldn't... Yeah, we all found that out when we all did Jimmy's for oh the uh, April that Fool's. That was tough. That was bad. In the best way. Ooh. It was bad. I heard but, that completely different. Doing Jimmy's. All right, Jimmy's. so we all like this film. Go see this I, Yeah, film. I think people... Guillermo del Toro is a good director. I am, all these actors are great. There's not a movie I've seen from him. What do you want us to him. say? Just go see this movie. It's d- Ignore the advertising. This is a gothic horror film, and it's it's amazing. No one else is making movies like this. Go see this film. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, Matt... Hi. Should people check out Grissom on the Run? They, they should. Episode one? They should uh, check out and just... Uh, the the hope I had a Grissom original there uh, the hope I had in episode one and just just keep on replaying that and wait till 2017 when the team gets good again and then I'll be like hey I was always right that's a sports podcast yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it'll it'll be coming back soon uh, my life has kind of slowed down a little bit so nice yeah thanks for listening yeah I hope you enjoyed it uh, uh this was uh, this ended up being longer than our normal bonus episodes but I think it I think it fits we uh we're not going to have a normal episode on Tuesday because mm. this is uh, this is actually episode two forty nine. This is early. This is early, but it fits. It's perfect for Halloween. And if you've been watching horror movies this month, it sh- you should really enjoy the what you just listened to. So yeah. thank you for joining us. So let's give thanks to Silent Partner who did their song "Sophomore Makeout." From, uh, we got that from the YouTube Audio Library, yeah. and it's our theme song. It's good stuff. Uh, also, our logo was done by Justin Keyson of Agents of Guard. That's yeah. agentsofguard.com. That guy's cool. He's a cool guy. Oh, did we say that he was on a TV show that you can now watch online? Oh, yeah. I, sometimes I put the link in the thing, but I, I don't want to say it. It was mix.tv, yeah. myx.tv. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand, that was a funny episode. It was good. Yeah, him and his buddy made uh, special ramen recipes. Wow. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, also on the Benview Network, Shut Up Leonard, uh, Matt Benson and I talking about that TV show community. Go check that out. Pick Your Path is a Choose Your Adventure style uh, podcast. Are where... you guys on a new season or did you just finish it? Oh, we just finished season one. Okay, cool. You need a special podcasting thing for that, right? Uh, well, I mean, it is an enhanced podcast, so you need to make sure that your podcast app can support the Because you podcasts. can switch chapters. That's really cool. Yeah, there's chapters, so it's like an audiobook where you, the listener, get to decide how it ends, like the old Choose Your Adventure style books. That's awesome. Uh, so go check that out. BenBenetwork.com slash PYP. Yeah, and they uh, some of the Goosebump books were like that. Did you know? Yeah. Choose Your Adventure ones. Give yourself so Goosebumps. That's awesome. And if Tom was here, he'd tell you about Optograb.org, his personal website, and his short stories on Amazon and Smashwords. Jordan? You stream on things? Yeah. Uh, if I didn't go out today, uh, the 31st, then I streamed some Halo and probably had a super good time with that because that looks awesome. Uh, if not, then I'll be on next week, but you can definitely go to twitch.tv backslash Weekly and follow GA Weekly on Twitter because we do stream Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday through Saturday. We got a bunch of people on playing all different kinds of games. So anything you're into, if you're into video games, you can show up and we'll, we'll have a good time. There's a lot of uh, interaction with the audience that we like to do. We're usually just talking to the audience the whole time while we're playing these games. And we do giveaways. Um, we'll give away codes for free video games. So you should show up. Good stuff. Uh, go check out all the uh, podcasts on the Benview Network, benviewnetwork.com. 
and also our personal website, nvpodcast.com. Uh, email us with your thoughts, concerns, whatever. nvpodcast at gmail.com and on Twitter at nvpodcast. My personal Twitter is at podcasterandrew. And I am at truevalk. <coughs> so this has been our special Halloween episode. Normally our episodes come out on Tuesdays, but with this this one, we brought it to you early so you can get a little spookums in. Yep. Uh, but next the next time you'll hear from us, it'll be the big 250 with, with Spectre. Spectre. Yeah. And... Uh, we're going to get all kinds of special stuff going yeah, on. I'm excited. Uh, I'm very excited. Uh, I cannot contain my excitement. <laughs> uh, so please come back and listen to that. Uh, subscribe and do all the ratings and whatever else. Uh, and until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Jordan. And remember, listeners, if a suited dude shows up and tells you not to open books and not to go to Crimson Peak, don't do those things, I guess, because they're suited dudes. took a real hard turn there. <laughs> this is Nerds Have You After Dark. <laughs> the explicit edition. We're going to review Demi Does Dallas, but up first, what do you think of when you think of the Red Hood? <laughs> Why do you have that voice? No. This is Wolfman Jack. <laughs> I don't like what's Creeper Man Lindy over here. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.